from downtown, this is Tim Kitzer from NBA Jam, and you're listening to Nintendo Main Podcast. Boom shakalaka! This week on Nintendo Main, we're going to talk about the Game Awards, the Indie World Direct, and our top five favorite moments of Nintendo Main Podcast. Damn, we hit a quarter grand. 250 more episodes! Welcome to Nintendo Main Podcast, episode 250, 250, right here. Dang. I was I was thinking about trying to find that line from The Simpsons, or at least the you know the it's like one of the episodes where it says, "So it's come to this, a Simpsons clip show." That's what we're that doing. One. That's what yep. we're doing here. <laughs> so it's come to here. It's come to this, a Nintendo Main clip show. No, this is our first clip show. I always wanted to do it, but I never did it before. No, I never if actually. You guys want to do a shot to our 250th episode? I happen to have a shot here. I have a shot too. I took John, a shot. You can do a virtual Cheers. shot to 250. 250. So, glug, yeah. Glug, glug. This is our 250. This is our 250th episode. So, we said last week we're going to try to do something a little bit different here. Instead of doing our what we've been playing for the week, we're going to skip that part, talk about the news, and then our in our topic area, we're going to talk about our favorite moments of the show. And I have five moments all ready to go that we will listen to them on here and comment on it. So it's kind of like a clip show. So hopefully it'll be better than all the other clip shows for most TV shows. But I think it'll be fun because uh, a lot of the stuff we haven't heard in a while. And it'll and for anybody who's just listening to this, you get a taste of some older episodes that are really funny that you should listen to. So yeah, we've got we've got five years on our on yeah. our belts at yeah. this point. So that's that's what we're gonna do here. So you know, be excited for that. But first. We are your hosts. I'm Trey, officially banned from Sony Johnson. I'm Jeremy, Jafar's Great Adventure, Mikowski. I'm John, back on the rocket sauce knitter. <laughs> so, uh, I think I took that the wrong way. But, uh, yeah, so we said we we're going to get into the news first, but I do have to say, I do have to tell a story on here just because, and it's not necessarily Nintendo related, but it's kind of ridiculous, and I need to tell somebody, and this is my only video game outlet, so you have to hear it right now. So, uh, so the other night, um, what was it like last Tuesday? I was trying to, uh, I don't remember if it was like Tuesday or Thursday. Anyway, I was trying to do a stream thing. I was going to stream uh, Shadows of the Empire on uh, 64, and I was, you know, I got everything ready to go, and I tried to get it. And, and once, and I got it, once I got it all streaming, the audio started fucking up on the game, so I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to restart it. So I turned off the game, and I also had to like rewire the room because I didn't have the, cables in the right spot for the old 64 whatever to stream it and by the time i was ready to go that the audio started crackling so i turned off the system and i turned it back on couldn't get it to work it was just not working whatsoever so i'm like shit what am i gonna do now so i didn't stream and i go into the other room and i was just like i'm gonna like i'm like i'm gonna play i'm like i don't know maybe i'll play some old playstation game or something like that and uh i noticed uh Actually, maybe it was a couple days ago, but I noticed that I wasn't able to get into my PlayStation Network. Actually, taking back a, f- a while, a little bit back. So when I got Doom Eternal, 
whenever you try to turn on Doom Eternal and you're connected to the internet, you're forced to connect to your um, Bethesda account, which I don't have a Bethesda account. So I found out that if you just turn off your internet, you can just play the game regularly, and that's what I've been doing because I don't want I don't I couldn't figure out what my Bethesda account was and wouldn't let me bypass it. So I've been playing with my internet off of my PlayStation Four for like days now. And the other night I was like, well, I should try to, I should try to like just get back on and see, you know, maybe I'll go check out the eShop or something and it, or the whatever, the PlayStation store. And I, and I get, I try to get on my play, PSN ID and it keeps telling me no. Like it's like, your password isn't good. Your password isn't good. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then I put in what I think is my actual password and it does like the longer load and all that. It says something like your, your account has been blocked because you've been trying to get on it multiple times. And I'll, I'm like, okay, what the fuck? So I, I realized that I can't play anything on my PSN, like none of the stuff that I've downloaded, like none of my digital stuff. And I'm like, well, that's really weird. I'm like, well, maybe that's just because I can't just get on, can't get on PSN. So I'm sitting here and I'm like, I wonder if I ever got that GameStop game. Cause it's been like two weeks since I ordered the GameStop game. You know, the Star Wars Squadrons. And I did. I actually went out and I got it in the mail. And I'm, like, oh, I'm like, oh, cool. So I started playing that game for a while. And that is, I, I do have to say, that's probably the best Star Wars game I've played in a really, really long time. I mean, I know there's not much to go up against as far as new Star Wars games go, but damn, that game's really good. Like, I was really, really impressed by it. So I, like, go, I get into my email. I try to, like, restart my password and all this stuff about the PlayStation Network thing. And it, it just won't let me in. It won't let me in. And then I finally like reset. I'm able to reset my password, and I log in, and it says you've been banned. It's like you've been banned from PlayStation Network. And I'm like, what? Okay. So so I like how I'm like, how do I get in touch with them? So I like I go through the website. I go down to the help call, and I like try to call the help, and they're like, we're only open from like nine to six. I'm like, shit. Okay, I'll call t- call it the next day. So the next day I call PlayStation, and I'm like, uh, I finally get through. I have to wait on hold for like an hour before I get through. There's probably a bunch of people calling about. PlayStation 5 or why Cyberpunk doesn't work on their PlayStation 4, one of those things. But yeah, I finally get through and I'm like, hey, hey, what's going on? Like, I'm banned. I, I, apparently, I'm banned from PlayStation Network. I don't know what's happening here. And he's like, okay, what's your name? Like, you know, what, let me look up your account. He looks up your, it looks at my account and he's like, uh, your account is negative $165. That's the money that I was like hacked for last week through a uh, PayPal that I talked about. And I'm like, well, what? Well, I'm like, well, that doesn't make any sense. I'm like, I'm like, do you, I'm like, can you tell me what it's for? And he's like, no, I can't tell you what it's for. And I'm like, well, cause I, the first thing I did when I saw that there was $165 missing from my bank that was given to PlayStation, I got, first thing I did was got to get on my account and look at my purchases. And there were no purchases since the, since the Yakuza 6, which I bought for $8. So it's like this, this $165 thing doesn't make any sense. So that's why I thought it was a, a separate thing with PayPal. And I just called PayPal and had it canceled. But apparently somehow it got charged through my PlayStation account. So now Sony thinks that I own them $165, which which sucks because I think if you added up all of my purchases, like in the entirety of the time that I've owned the PS4 for like three years or four years or whatever, it would not even be $165 because I have not even bought that much stuff on the on the PlayStation store, like for it to even be that high. Even if you took all the stuff for this year, I think it would only be like $80 total. That I spent. I don't so, understand how you could have a debt on the PlayStation Store. Like, if it was a, if the guy stole your money, your PayPal money, and didn't he give it to PlayStation? I don't understand. Yeah, PlayStation charged me. Yeah, you shouldn't me, be able to have a debt on an eShop. Yeah, they they like so they charged me, and then I made the charge not go through because I thought I got hacked. So they still think that I like tried to cheat them out of one hundred sixty five dollars, but. 
I don't know what it's for. Yeah, they won't tell me what it's for. And I'm like, I don't, I, I can't get on my account. I can't go look and see if I have like $165 credit or something like that. But they won't let me get on PlayStation Network. And this guy on the phone, he wouldn't tell me what, why, what it was or like what. I was like, can you at least tell me like what was purchased with $165? Like, because I don't see anything that was bought. Like, I don't see any new games. He's like, no, I can't, I can't tell you that. And I'm like, why not? And he's like, well, I just can't. And I'm like, he's like, they should have sent you an email telling you that you purchased something. And I'm like, well, I didn't get an email either. So, so what the fuck? So basically, I had to go to the specific uh, place on the on the PlayStation website, and I had to send like a detailed claim to the company about what ha- about what happened to me. And I did. I made this like I wrote like this. I don't know, like three paragraph long explanation about. My plight about the sixty five hundred sixty five dollars and Yakuza and, and all the stuff that I bought you this opened year. Open with your sixty four being broken. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I told him everything. No, and I just and I just did. I laid all this out, and it's it's kind of funny in a way because you know I've talked about on the show so many times about like you know how my love for digital games and all that, and how I like love them so much more than physical games. And now all I can do is play physical games. That's the only games that I can play because I'm completely locked out on my PlayStation account. So I didn't know that when you were locked out, you can't play any of your digital games. Nothing you downloaded. Games you bought. Wow. So I'm pretty much outlawed from playing like uh, like a dragon or Yakuza Six or any game that I ever oh, bought digitally. I can't play. So I'm completely locked out of my digital games, and it's like this sucks. But I feel like I'm like getting my own medicine, I guess, for buying so many digital games. It's like, well, this is what happens when you get locked out of your account. You can't even play those. And I think. Uh, not not the not the Jesse that was on the not the Jesse that John and I know, but the other Jesse that listens to us. Mm-hmm. He was telling me about a time where his Nintendo account got hacked, and he like somebody like stole a bunch of V bucks from him for like uh for Fortnite, and he was unable to get into his Nintendo account as well and use his digital game. So that must be a thing, I guess. If you, so I wonder if they, if they made you owe money, some sort of virtual purchase like that. Yeah, maybe something in Fortnite or yeah, membership type stuff. So yeah, that, that's my big plight with Sony. It's like, uh, okay, <laughs> so I'm officially banned from the PlayStation Network, and they're supposed to like call me back in like three days. I haven't heard from them. It's been like two days since I emailed them, and all I can do is play Doom Eternal and Squadrons and Yakuza Zero because I have that on on disc too. So I can only play disc games, and it's so weird because I, ca- I can't play anything else that I bought, and it kind of breaks that my sucks. heart because I really I can't play Yakuza any of the any of the digital ones that I have. I'm like, yeah, that's bullcrap. It's like okay, and that was thinking about that game and like it sucks that you can't play it. I can't play I can't play like Persona Five or like uh, any of those uh, you know like Mad Max or those other games that I got that I was playing. I actually thought about going back to Persona Five, but uh, yeah, that's that's what happened to me. With my PlayStation Network, I got banned. So yeah. But I finally got. I found squ- out you had a Nintendo themed <laughs> podcast. Yeah, they came sad. after me. <laughs> but I finally got Squadron. Squadrons is really, really good for anybody who played like uh, X Wing or Tie Fighter on the PC. It's it's a lot. It's a lot in that uh, in that realm. It's it actually really makes me want to play it in VR because I know you can play it in VR. And I've it's, heard it's great, in and VR. it's really, really cool. Well, I play it with my I play it with my wireless headphones on because the audio is better on that. Mm-hmm. And then it has like the surround sound, so like the I can hear where the, where the where the ships and stuff are around, like where my thing where my ship is and all that. Oh, cool! And that's really really cool. And you can and you can notice it in the you can notice it in the headphones, and it works really really well. Like if you're because there you have these in between parts where you talk to people, you know, where it's kind of like a point and click thing. You can like click on your different uh, 
different rebels or empire or whatever, you play both sides. You go back and forth between like the rebels and the empire. So you can, but in between missions, you can talk to like people who you fly with. And if you talk to them and you kind of like turn away, like you turn the camera away, their voices kind of move, like depending on how you look. And it's really cool. Positional audio. Cool. Yeah. So it, it does really neat stuff. So if you like turn around while they're talking to you this way, you can hear them like behind your left ear, like where you're turned. And it's really neat. Like it works really, really well. So that's really effective. Does that make you want to get a PSVR? <laughs> it does kind of, but they're still like $300. I'm not going to buy one of those for $300. You got $165 to spend. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But I mean, it's still, it's, it's a huge investment. I mean, that's almost a PS5 and I'm not really in the position to throw like $300 at something, but it didn't, it did make me consider it. And I did look at the prices of them and they're still like $300 even used. They're still $300. So even used, well. which is, which is pretty, which is pretty cheap, I guess, compared to, I've never looked at a VR thing before. So I don't know. I would expect the other ones to be more expensive than that. Like 500 or 600. Yeah. Or so like a, like a at live least. pro last I looked two years ago, it was like 1200 bucks. Mm. So 300 is way cheaper than that. But yeah, I mean, it's just because all of it is, it's all first person and you're in the cockpit, you know, you can't change the camera angle outside of your ship and all that. So it would be really cool to, to do it in VR. But that would be like, I was like, yeah, this would be really neat to play in VR. And like when you're at the very beginning of it, you're like, you're in your ship and there's a little like hologram of uh, Admiral Akbar like giving you orders and stuff. And it just, it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's like, wow, this is really neat. You know, and it's, it actually meant, Made me like Star Wars again for a minute, you know. Which Star Wars is actually... Oh, what? Good. I was just going to say Star Wars is kind of in a better place now. They've actually done some really cool stuff with The Mandalorian, so I feel better about it than I did post-Episode 9. I'm doing the thing that I did before and waiting for the whole... for all of them to be released, and then I'm going to watch them all together. They're short. They're, they made them way shorter this year. Like mm-hmm. I don't know why. Like Most of the episodes are 30 minutes instead of 50 minutes. Crunch. Maybe because I want to make them more to the point. And I think it's maybe more, maybe more effective. You know, they want, they're like, okay, we're not going to like fuck around. We're not going to like bloat the episode. We're just going to make it about this one thing and it's going to be however long we want it to be. So are there weird celebrity cameos that take you out of it? Cause like when Bill Burr, Bill Burr was in it, I was like, this is weird. Well, see, I don't really, I don't really know Bill Burr. So that doesn't bother me. The same episode Bill Burr was in, uh, and he, the guy from Breaking Bad was in. I was like, this is so weird. Oh, well, the guy from Breaking Bad is the main villain now. Because they you're were gonna both have, You're going to have to get around Breaking that. Together. Uh, was it I a, felt like I was... His, what is it? He has, like, a really cool name. John, uh, John, John, John Carlo. Uh-huh. Yeah. He's in... Uh, he's he, Well, he's also in Do the Right Thing. No, I like him. I like him in there. Seeing Bill Burr in there was weird <clears> just because I've just been saturated with him on YouTube. Well, I hate to break it to you. Bill Burr, Bill Burr is back in season two. See so if it'll get Damn used it. to it. <laughs> spoilers but no it's it, it's been it's been pretty good so you know yeah so real quick the road road squadron does relate to or whatever the name of the game is does relate to some of the news that i put in there the rogue squadron movie that they're gonna do yeah there's a little bit about that this week well there was a big i don't want to get into all of it there's just too much stuff but at the Way same much, yeah at the same time at the same time as the game awards they did this huge announcement. And there was a Disney event at the same time as the Game Awards, and they announced like ten new Star Wars things and ten new Marvel things there. And they, you know, mentioned mentioned some things like the director of Spider Man is going to direct the Fantastic Four movie. Cool, like that. Hopefully, that makes it good. So, uh, also, like, yeah, they said there's going to be a Rogue Squadron movie directed by Patty yeah. Jenkins of, of Wonder Woman fame. So. So she came I, out this week and said that it's not going to be entirely based on. It's going to be a whole new story, but it will have it, it will be inspired by the games and the comics. But it's going to be a whole new story. 
It's going to be interesting because, you know, I read the comics, I played the games, obviously, but Rogue Squadron always revolves around Wedge Antilles. Like, he's a big part of it. So, are they going to recast Wedge Antilles? I mean, he's a lot older now, the actor. I don't know if he's... I haven't looked him up. I don't know if he's still alive yet or not. I don't think he reappeared in any of the new Star Wars movies, but it was all it, it was all about Wedge, you know, because he was the... He was the other great pilot that wasn't Luke Skywalker. You know, he blew up the second Death Star. So he was he was hot shit for anybody who, uh, you know, for Star Wars nerd fans. So he has to be in there somewhere because he was the he was like the lead guy in the comic book. And he's also in the games like you. You talk to him more than Luke. You know, he's kind of the Rogue Squadron guy. So, but yeah, that was interesting. Plus, there's a bunch of other shit. On there, I, I, I tweeted that all these Star Wars announcements make me real excited to be tired of Star Wars again. <laughs> that was my <laughs> that was my tweet. Yeah, but speaking of tweets, if if that's enough on that, speaking of tweets, the video game awards happened on Thursday, and uh, yeah, like you know, I the video I, you could say the video game awards are kind of like Star Wars movies for me. You know, I hope for the best, even though I know it's not going to be great in the end. It's kind of it's kind of like one of those things that I'm like, well, maybe this year they'll make it a little bit more like the Oscars or something like you know, like something, you know, I, I say whatever you like about the Oscars, but I think they're much more entertaining than the video games awards are. But this year was, I don't know, it felt like I know you guys didn't watch the whole thing, but I did. I missed I missed like the half an hour pre-show where they gave away like three of the three of the awards during the half an hour pre-show before it even started. And I don't know. I kind of felt like the whole thing was basically like three hours of trailers, yes, and then uh, and then a bunch of awards. Occasionally, they would rattle through like six awards in like two minutes, and I'm like, "What is happening here? This is just like right, a not giant- even like cut away to the people like smiling and receiving their awards yeah. or anything. It was just like he was just reading a list. And well, some, so that was kind of weird. Sometimes there were people that talked, like they did. I know sometimes, they. I know yeah. they talked to a lot of the Last of Us people were on there, but I like I, I completely missed Animal Crossing winning anything. I thought they didn't win anything at all. <laughs> and then, uh, and then they Fu- got Best Family Game and, Consolation and, Prize. And a friend of the show Fusa corrected me on Twitter because I I was like, what the fuck, Animal Crossing didn't win anything. But it's like, but the awards went so quick that like. I don't know. I feel like they just like blew right past me and I didn't even, you know, I didn't even notice it. I'd missed that a Hades got two awards. I thought they only had one, but yeah, they really blew through those awards and it was just like world premiere, world premiere, world premiere. And just like one thing after another. And a lot of it was let's bring back things that were popular like 20 years ago. <laughs> so that's what a lot of it perfect seemed dark. like perfect dark, even yeah. Perfect dark left for dead, uh, mass effect, like, uh, the, some guy who worked on Dead Space, but it's not Dead Space, but it looks like Dead Space. That was another one. But there were, but there were some Switch stuff in there on the, on the positive side of that. There was a Mario Orchestra 35th anniversary orchestra thing that was cool. It was really weird, it. really weird that they skipped over the Mario Sunshine stuff. Did you did you catch that <laughs> that they didn't play any Sunshine songs in there? I didn't catch that in the, no. in the orchestra thing. Somebody pointed it out on uh, on one of the one of the Facebook groups, and I'm like, oh yeah, no. It, I don't. I don't remember they're doing dropping into sunshine at all. They kind of just went to galaxy and then went to and then went to Odyssey and didn't. You didn't. It's it's a shame because Super Mario Sunshine has like one of the best soundtracks ever. So I mean, whatever you can say, whatever you want about the game, but the soundtrack is great. It's amazing. Like I think it's done. I was really just playing well. it today, incidentally. Oh, you were. And, uh, yeah, I was checking out that GameCube controller, and I think I'm going to play through it. It's nice, right? But, it's it's how it's proper. Yeah. It's the way it should be. Yeah, it feels pretty good. And you can invert it and all I, that and make but it right. One thing I did notice, though, is the music, especially in the, um, I don't know if it's in all the the levels where you lose Flood, but the the Mario. The acapella? 
Yeah, the acapella. Yep. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that's it's in all of the secret levels. All the secret levels have that song. So the secret level is the one where you lose the water pack. They're they're referred right. to on the when you see like what it'll say Mario's secret or whatever secret, and if it says secret in there, it's they take they take away your pack. So they're yeah. almost like demos for Mario uh, Galaxy. Mario Galaxy, yeah, kind of. And uh, what else? Uh, oh yeah, they also did that really cool. They did a really cool like live. Uh, the the guy the guys who do the Persona soundtrack they did um it's the battle song I don't remember the it's the na, 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 like that song they did a live version of that that was really cool and it was like right before the show started and I feel like they kind of just nobody really mentioned that but it was cool because of Persona Strikers you know which was announced officially we talked about that last week but for uh, Switch and PS4 but there was some stuff like right off the bat Sephiroth got unveiled. As a playable character, or as a you know extra new fighter for Smash Brothers, I really wanted it to be Kefka. I think me and a hundred and like millions of other people also wanted it to be Kefka, but it's like who remembers Kefka? I feel like only our us real Final Fantasy people. I feel like he's been overshadowed by Sephiroth, even though I think Kefka is a much much better villain than mm. than Sephiroth. But I think they made Sephiroth really m- mysterious in the game, and that's one of the reasons he's so popular because. Like Kefka's just right up in the the beginning of Final Fantasy VI, but in seven you like just keep seeing like the aftermath of Sephiroth being somewhere. But, oh yeah, you don't you don't really see him until later, which apparently that was part of why some people thought the remake ruined it because Sephiroth is everywhere now in the remake. Is he? Yeah, he's he's not mysterious. He's like you see him like way earlier than you would. Well, because if they would have kept it like the original game, you wouldn't see Sephiroth. Because you don't see Sephiroth until after the part that they're remaking, so yeah, you gotta have Sephiroth. Everybody loves Sephiroth. He's gotta be hanging out all over the place, you know. That'd be out. a good sitcom. Everybody loves Sephiroth. <laughs> jumping, <laughs> jumping out behind buildings, to, you know, jumping through windows, being like, "Hey, I'm Sephiroth. What's up?" I will say I enjoyed all the Twitter. Well, I guess I mean it was just a the engagement around the picture of Sephiroth like stabbing Mario. Oh yeah, that was that was like, cool. Yeah, stuff movie. that people yep. did. Is like, this just like what, up the who got killed by overall? Um, yeah, someone got killed before in the. It was Luigi. Know. It was Luigi. That's Luigi right. got killed. He got killed by uh, Ridley mm-hmm. on on the show. Mario got killed too. Yeah, one of the very first ones. He got killed. Uh, I remember it was him and Samus were like stalking oh. around some space base or something. Maybe that was Mario. Maybe, killed him. Maybe that was Mario first, and then the Luigi death was later. But there was a Luigi. It was Mario death first, well. then Luigi. Yeah, because Luigi yeah. Luigi died when uh, Simon was Simon Belmont. Yeah, Simon mm-hmm. Belmont was unveiled. So they've done. Yeah, they did that really cool silhouette of like the stab, like through the yeah. So through the overall, there's people being so like, "This is canon now." Yeah. Mario gets killed by Sephiroth or whatever. It's just it was funny to to see the internet respond to that otherwise. I mean, for me, that's the most, that was the best part of the Sephiroth reveal. Yeah. And another funny thing, like speaking of Twitter stuff, I, I, I was just like, you know, I, I was drinking. I'm like, I'm going to have some drinks and watch and watch video game awards and just type out whatever I think. So I, I tweeted like 20 times, like during the ceremony. And I tweeted so much that Twitter thought that my Twitter account had been hacked. And I had, <laughs> to, and I had to like do like the two, whatever the, the two text number thing and like, and like re like I had to like leave and like re-sign in. Cause they thought I was a robot, like saying whatever. So it was, is it that was why fun. all your messages now say possibly hacked with the blue? Do they say that? Underneath? No. <laughs> You're getting the, the warning. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that was what was fun about it, but it's, it's weird. Like it, it's so weird because there was like so many, there were actually quite a few switch announcements that were actually not, 
that didn't say Switch on them, but then it was actually Switch. Like, like the big one, uh, Disco Elysium is getting like a director's cut. Like, is it Disco Elysium Final Cut? Is that, is that what they're mm-hmm. calling it? And it is, and 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 on the commercial for it, like they did a premiere of it on the Video Game Awards, and it didn't have Switch on there as a as a system, but it is coming to Switch. Like it's like, why did it not say that? I don't know. And there was that other one that like that League of Legends single player game, like that's coming to Switch too, but it also didn't say it. So it's like, even the ones that were going to Switch said they weren't going to Switch. It's like they just had to like blend in with the others. They're like, nope, not doing Switch, even though we really are. We're hiding it. So it was weird. But yeah, no, Disco Elysium, I'm really excited about playing that. Like, that's going to be fun. That's been one that we've talked about a bunch, and it had been, like, hinted at by the developers, but now it's official. So even though I don't think it's going to come out till like, next summer or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it said summer, which is, for, for me, I'm just like, maybe I should just get this on Steam already. Because anymore, you know, I'm sitting in my office playing games. Yeah. If it's on Steam, it's not going to be that different. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I, I mean, I don't know what it's coming out to first. Maybe if it's on PS4 for cheap. I don't know. I, I like the idea of it being portable, but I don't think you'll be then able it, to get it on PS4 right away. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, it's, yeah, where are you going? Or where you need portable? Hopefully by the time it comes out, you will need it. Like we will actually be traveling again and all that stuff. But yeah, there was that. Also, um, you know, one of my favorite movies of all time is getting a game on the Switch. So that's pretty rad. That- uh, Evil Dead. Oh, yeah. The Evil Dead game. Well, Evil Dead 2 is one of my favorite games. Favorite this is like the third time they've done an Evil Dead game. Uh, they did one on the Dreamcast. They did one on PS2. Yeah, I think the one on the Dreamcast was also on PS1. It's it's the fourth. It is the fourth Evil Dead game. Yeah, the the Dreamcast one I have. It's bad. It's like a really bad version of Resident Evil. It has like the it has the backgrounds that don't move, you know, and you're like a mm-hmm. pixely character walking around. So it's like kind of hard to shoot guys, and the action's not great. But um, Regeneration, the third one. I think that was the best one. Like that one's on PS2 and I've actually played through it multiple times and I think it's really good, but it's not anything like that. Unfortunately, it looks like from what I can tell, the game looks like it's a left for dead style game, I guess like a four player co-op game where you get to play as different characters from the evil dead franchise. Do which, you think it's like the TV series more than, well, there's, a, I mean, there's a character on there from the TV series, which I'm actually tied to. I didn't realize it until after the fact, but I worked on a movie that she was in. Like, she didn't have that much screen time in it, but she was in uh, Mole Man, in the Mole Man of Belmont Avenue. Oh, cool. The the lady who was on the who was on the show, and I didn't really notice it until after the fact. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, she was in that movie. But uh, but she's in there. Like, what they show in the in the video, they show, they show her. They also show Eric the Red, the knight from Army of Darkness. And they also show Ed is his name. He's the dude who comes in with the other lady. Where they like live in the cabin, you know, he's got like the sweater on his shoulders and he gets his head twisted and thrown into a light bulb at one point in the movie. But so, so you have, so there's a character in there from Evil Dead 2, Evil Dead 3, and Ash versus Evil Dead, and of course Ash. So I'm really curious just to see like how many, like, are they going to have like the redneck guy in there or like Bobby Joe? Like, can you be Bobby Joe? <laughs> or like, you know, or like Ash's sister, like all these other people, or like Linda, you know, it'd be, for for somebody like me who's into the Evil Dead stuff, it'd be fun to see all the different characters that they bring in there. Or like what I mean, what's her face? Like uh, I mean, Zena, not 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 actual Zena, but Lucy Lawless. Lucy Lawless was in the, was in the Evil Dead show as well, so she had a character in there, so you could bring her in there. They should do a crossover thing where they bring all the Zena people in there. They did they did do that in the comics in like the Evil Dead comics. They did do, do a thing where they because they were all written by the same person, so it makes sense. Right. 
but they would they brought in like Hercules and Xena and like Ash met like Bruce Campbell's character from Hercules and it was funny like they cuz they're both the same you know they're both the same actor and they they did they did fun stuff like that it would be cool if they could do if they could bring all the stuff all the crossover stuff that they did in the comic books in there cuz they did like was it a like Ash versus Reanimator like that was really cool they brought the the guy in there from Reanimator and he was like turning people into zombies and Ash had to cast had to kill them so they had some really really neat stuff in that comic book but yeah, no, I'm excited about that game. That's a one I'm I, was a highlight for me for sure out of that. Plus, there's more stuff on sale. Uh, Breath of the Wild is forty dollars on Switch. You know, for anybody who didn't get that, uh, Three Houses is on sale, almost the price that Jeremy paid for it. So just a little bit over what you bought. But you bought the you bought the physical one. So you know, not only did I buy the physical one, but I got two other games. Yeah, and you got a free game also because it's buy two get one free. Yeah. So there's that. Oh yeah, Last of Us won like a whole bunch of awards, but you know it's kind of controversial because I guess they were doing the crunch thing that mm-hmm. that uh, developers said they weren't going to do. So there's that. So I saw a lot of people kind of melting down after that, where they were like, "Oh, great, the Game Awards is uh rewarding this company for treating their employees like shit." Uh, I mean, I figured that game was going to win. You know, I figured it was going to win some shit. I know a lot of people Same. expected Hades to win more than it did. You know. So, I mean, I kind of feel the same way. Also, I feel like Animal Crossing got a little snubbed. Same. I mean, maybe people aren't talking yeah. about it anymore, but they should. Like, we, I mean, I still play that game all the time. Like, I don't know how many people, like, I lost count of how many people yeah. that I never had heard talk about video games that bought a Switch just to play Animal Crossing. I mean, that's right. like, it's got to come from something, I you know. know, locally, yeah. I mean, that's like a major topic of conversation between, uh, between my wife and I, between Jess and I, we talk about Animal Crossing all the time because she plays it every day. Like it's her favorite game ever, you know. And we it does feel like they completely ignored the impact that it had on on so many people. Yeah, for a long time too. I mean, we're we're now what? How, how many months out from the start of this and the nine, release ten. of Animal Crossing? Or what? Are yeah, the, so yeah, or like nine, I guess nine, nine or ten. About what? What game are we ever talking about? You know nine months from release like not that many right yeah and so i think it's important they should have really looked back to say hey like this game was a pretty hot topic from march until what would you say maybe august yeah or this game was a hot topic when you first just couldn't go to hot topic anymore (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's no malls well that was a while ago and people stopped just there's an obvious winner and they didn't pick it yeah yeah, and it's it's really weird that it didn't win for a game for impact. I think if anything, for game for impact should be. I think Tom Nook was too much of a miser to grease their palms like he should have. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, Animal Crossing. Yeah, we're still play- we're still playing it now. Like trying to make perfect snowmans every day. It's really fucking hard. I have yet to make one. I don't yeah, know if you've sucks. tried doing that, Jeremy, but it's yeah, it it's his own thing. Yeah. But it's it's still I mean it's still fresh like they're still adding stuff every month and yeah like any game any game that you've put like that you've sunk like six hundred hours into and you still want to play I think is something that needs to be recognized you know anything that you play more than a month you know if you play you play for a whole year and then never play it again that's still like more time than you get out of most games so I mean I always thought that was something to be to be awarded that made you know that doesn't get it get it enough I guess. Even me, who's you know, I've pretty much stopped playing it. I still got three hundred hours out of it. Yeah, I mean, you still got a lot of fun out of it. I think you're just yeah. taking a break. I don't think you're done with it. Oh no, I was even thinking about getting back to it. I'll definitely get back to it before the end of the year. Well, I mean, 
I have to say, it does look really cool with the snow on the ground. Like, I, d- I do like that, because everything's kind of looks different now in your town, because everything's covered in snow now. And plus, we're also at the time where, like, the the trees are decorated now. Like, they have lights on the trees. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, it's you know, it's almost like you're playing a whole different town. Even though I'm sure you're you're not going to be able to see the snow on yours, because it's going to be covered in so many weeds. But once you once you pick up all the weeds, then you'll be able to see all the snow. But the snow is nice. Like it, it does. It feels like it's a little different. You know, it's like oh, everything looks different now, and it's cool. We are going to get back together in there for the New Year's, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah that was that was the plan for that. But yeah, I, th- I think that's well. I guess there are two more things from the video game awards. There's uh, the Capcom Arcade Stadium was announced for Switch, which looks interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure all the details of it, but is it going to be like a free service? I know they're going to like add stuff at different times, or do you pay like once? Because it said there was like different waves of like what games they're going to add at different parts. And it's going to be like one app with a bunch of stuff on it. I don't I don't know enough details about it, but I'm definitely interested. You know, Capcom. Is it basically going to be like a, just a hub where they're going to add more Capcom arcade games? That's what, it looked, that's what it looked like. So I don't know. Maybe you got to pay like a, maybe you pay something for like a, for access to it and that's it or do you have to pay like a yearly thing or I, I don't know about the pricing on it but i did see that they were like three different batches of games that were coming out at different times that'll be accessible so they're going to add stuff as they go i'm it's guessing good. it's going to be sold you know as a game and then you'll have paid dlc which will be groups of of new games sure but it's going to be like it's going to be like 10 games and then like another 10 games and like another you know so it's going to be a big group of games so that's cool you know i mean I like Capcom games. From what I saw, about that Ghosts and Goblins game. What do you think of that? Uh, <laughs> I recognized the song right when it started. I'm like, oh, that's Ghosts and Goblins. And I wanted to make some sort of comment on Twitter where I'm like, oh, a cool new art style for me to look at while I continue to die over and over and over again in this game. Yeah, well, you if know? they do some quality of life stuff to make it, I don't know, they might be able to make it into something really cool. Art style, I'm not super into. Me neither. It looks weird. Yeah, it, it does, would be. It would be cool if they'd like. HD'd it up and made it like almost Paper Mario style. You know what I mean? Like where yep. we kept the same sprites. Like I can think of so many other visual styles that I would right. prefer. It looks very uninspired, very phone game mm-hmm. to me. Yeah, I don't. I'm not really a fan of those games. Like I, I played, I got pretty far into the Super Nintendo one, like through yeah. a Virtual Console. I just, liked the one on Super Nintendo. That's the one I played. The just most. because uh, there were there weren't save states, but it would like. You know, it would save where you were at, so you didn't have to start over again. So you could just kind of just keep hacking away at that same level. But it still got to the, I got to the point where if you didn't have the specific like power at the specific time, you just wouldn't win. So you just keep looking for this specific thing, like this specific weapon, and you have to power it up to a certain level to beat this guy. And it just became like not fun because I'm just I can't win unless I find this one weapon, and it's random every time. So it's kind of like. I just got tired of it, but it was, Those you know, they're like the dark souls of their time. Yeah. <laughs> True. They're incredibly, yeah, they're really hard and unfair and the jumping mechanics kind of annoying. Cause you can't really control yourself. You can't control yourself after you jump. It's, it's weird. It's like its own thing, you know? So those were never really my favorites, but there you go. Oh, and, uh, it's on, it's on the indie world as well, but, uh, super meat boy showed up again. Finally. And I was trying to think, do you guys remember the first time that Super Meat Boy like showed up in one of those indie directs? We were uh oh, like it was when in the game come out like two thousand seven? Well, not not the first Meat Boy. It was on the it's been on the three D S and the Wii U. Yeah, not not the original Meat Boy, but the Super Meat oh, Boy okay. Forever game that's finally coming out like in a week. That game was first announced on an indie direct. It was in the summer, 
because Jess and I were were in like we we were in Missouri at my mom's lake house, and it was like the, it was when there were like three directs in a row. I remember complaining about that, and we had just recorded we just recorded the episode with um with uh Daniel Goulin about a uh, night trap. It was around it was around that time, hmm. I think. And then and there was yeah and there was a indie direct. And it showed Super Meat Boy forever, or it might even been before that. But anyway, I feel like it's been in development forever. Is what I'm saying, for at least like two or three years, and now it's finally coming out next week. I just, you know, just like any any of those games, it feels Maybe like it's the curse of the forever subtitle, Duke Dukem, Meat yeah. Boy, yeah, or like you know, or like the one whatever it was called, Morphe's Law, like that was in development forever. You know where you see. You see an indie game and it's like coming out summer of next year and then it doesn't come out until like four years later. Just kind of reminded me of that. But enough about the video game awards. What else do we have? Oh, yeah. There there was an announcement for some new Super Nintendo and one Nintendo game. In addition, adding to our Super Nintendo or Nintendo Switch Online, Super Nintendo stuff. This was something I predicted to be happening. It's like, I feel like everything that I thought was going to happen during the video game war, it's like just happened like a day later, like the week after. I feel like Nintendo was like, no, there's not enough time on that. We need to do, we need to do a separate thing. Like they got, they already got three hours worth of trailers on, on VGA. We need a, we need our own thing. But yeah, they ended up announcing, uh, Super Donkey, or Donkey Kong Country 3 with the hated, our most hated one of the three games <laughs> will be available this week. Uh, in addition to what else? What else do they have on there? Oh, Ign- Ignition Factor. That was kind of cool. I've never heard that before. It's a firefighting Super Nintendo game. It was on. It was on the Virtual Console, and I always wanted to play, play it, but I never bought it. So now's your chance. Now I can play it for free. So I will definitely play it. I, I heard good things about it. People say that it's a decent game. So yeah. Also, there's like um, was it? There's like a fighter on there. Oh yeah, are you tough enough? <laughs> that's, that's one of them. That looks like a total Street Fighter knockoff. Are you tough enough? Yeah, it's like it looks like a fighting game, Street Fighter style thing. But you know, it's free. Play it. It reminded me of the band Enough Z Enough, and then I ended up like going down a rabbit hole, finding out what Chip Z Enough was up to. <laughs> I, didn't, I don't know yeah. if you remember that band, but they're nope. like the late eighties <laughs> hair metal band. Yeah, no, I, I do not. I do not know that band. What was what was the other one? It was something four Super Valus four. Yeah, I don't remember what that was. Is that like a shmup or something? It looked it looked Sounds like, like a two D it looked like a two D game like a two D platformer action thing, from what I saw. There were I don't know if you guys saw, but there was an additional video on there where Nintendo just like showed you some cool codes, and one of them was a code where you can like turn all of the stars and and uh, Donkey Kong Country three into uh, ornaments into Christmas ornaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Holiday holiday of the game, and they added like a level select for. Um, for this one that I'm not remembering the name of, Super Valus Four. It's it it is it is like a platformer action game. I'm watching it right now. This lady's walking around with a sword, cutting people up. They added the holiday mode like from the get go. It it was just a video showing you how to how to put the holiday mode in. Oh, okay. As a code. Yeah. I played yeah. that. Uh, yeah, I put that. I played that a few years ago on Christmas when mm-hmm. I was by myself. I don't know. Donkey Kong Country Three had a holiday mode. It does. Yeah. You put in the word Mary. Well, first you have to put in a code, and then you can type in words. Things like L R R L R L R L R, and then it brings up like a thing where you put in a name, like you, when you put your name in, and you put in M E R R Y. All the bonus levels are holiday themed, with like 
Christmassy sounding music, and then all the bananas are little presents. It, and and the stuff from the bonus levels are different too, right? Is what they're saying, like the stuff you collect. That's what I'm talking about. Like, specifically yeah. just the bonus levels that are that way. Yeah, yeah. So, was it because it was a Christmas release or something? I have no idea. I don't remember when it came out. Well, it came. It might have been. It came out in November like all the other ones did. It so, came out yeah. around the time of, uh, well, it came around the time of 64. That's why I didn't get it. Cause, and even in the game, I remember uh, the grandma, Grammy Kong, like she's she has a 64. And she's playing Super Mario 64 whenever you go to her house. You can hear the music in the background. So she's moved on as well, even though she's still in the game. But it, it was released late enough that I didn't really care about Super Nintendo at the time anymore. I was like, eh. 64 fuck this i don't need you know it was like very it was like very much like their swan song you know but i mean I, i'll be excited to play it again you know i i know it's the the hated one of the three but i think i didn't even know anything about it like i just saw it at the uh video rental store one day blockbuster or family video or wherever we were going at the time and i was like there's a don't come country three i had no idea yeah so we rented it and sure enough it was fun also, a uh, nightshade for NES. Played that, that one before. That kind of looks like uh, I don't. I don't know if it's like it, but it reminds me of a uh, Deja Vu, the game that Jeremy I remember always Deja talks Vu. about. I remember Deja Vu. I know what game you're talking about. I don't remember what it plays like. Well, Deja- this one is a. Uh, uh, it's basically a point and click game on the NES. Yeah, it looks like it's a yeah, Shadowgate or yeah. Deja Vu. Well, uh, I mean, Deja Vu and Shadowgate are also point and click games. On They're NES. both made, produced by Kimco. Yeah, so I mean, it's it's similar. So yeah, I mean, that, and that'll be out. That'll be out by the time we by the time we put this up. But yeah, there's some some cool more stuff to to try on there. So there you go. And also, there's a uh, indie world. Hell yeah! I feel like a lot of these for the indie world thing was like, uh, okay, it's it's about time, you know, or it's finally okay. Here it is, you know, it's been a thing. It's been on other things. Now here it is. So it starts off with a little game called Spelunky, which I've never played, but I've heard people on multiple podcasts talk it up a lot. It's supposed to be, oh, you know, maybe you know more about it, Jeremy. It's like it's like a well-liked roguelike that really that people have liked, and, and one's been around for a while, right? And two, like, just came out this year, and it was a big deal, kind of around the time of like Fall Guys, I want to say, I think, maybe earlier. Yeah, yeah Spelunky. It sort of harkens back to Spelunker on the NES, which is just one of the most terrible games of all time in a lot of people's opinion. And uh, I think Spelunky went back to the drawing board with that and made it something new. I don't know if it had any ties to the original game, but... I read Spelunker on my TI-83 calculator. It's the one where like, you, would, you would like walk off an edge that was like half of your height and you would still die. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was, like you would always die if you walked off an edge. It wouldn't even give you the pleasure of seeing yourself fall and die. You would just like die in midair. We we played. A, I remember there was. It must have come out for the English too. But you could get on the Japanese eShop. You could get like Spelunky Party or something that it was mm-hmm. called. And there was like Spelunker a Spelunky Party. game in there, a Spelunker or whatever. And it did a similar thing where you'd fall from not that high and you'd still die. And I was just confused. But I've just heard people really talk about Spelunker Spelunky. You know, I heard people talk about Spelunky too because it just came out. But I guess they're putting Spelunky 1 on there. And I know there's a lot of people that will be really excited about it. I mean, I feel like any of my desires for roguelikes have been fulfilled by Hades. So I don't really yeah. – e- even though I really, so, really wanted to try Sheer and the Wanderer, I'm like, but I already have Hades. I'm like, if I want to play a roguelike, I can just play that. I think it's you up know? there with the uh, like Binding of Isaac. It's like the same sort of 
rabid fan base that considers the Spelunky game to be like a cult classic kind of game. Yeah, people fucking love Binding of Isaac. Like mm-hmm. people put like hundreds and put like Animal Crossing level hours in that thing, and just like love it, love it, love it. So, and I never played that game, but I'd heard people like just praise the fuck out of it, just say that they love it so much. So I don't know. I have it on the Wii U, but I've not played much of it. Mm-hmm. So moving on, there, there's a good amount of cat content on here, so that's pretty cool. I, I got two cats; they're pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, cringy cat puns, and then even cringier that one of the hosts kept like calling attention to them after they would be made. Oh, sure, yeah. the The third one is a fist of fluffs, and this mm-hmm. is the one that's like it kind of looks like it's a mixture of a uh, goat simulator and Smash Brothers, sort of. Mm-hmm. I guess With cats. Yeah, because you're like cats and you fight each other, but they move really weird and they're all, they're like move unnaturally and they look like they're made out of jello and I don't know. <laughs> this is one that I was most excited for out of the whole presentation. Yeah. I want to get this game. Yeah, it looks really, I don't know how I feel about it. It looks strange. It lo- it's not it really something funny. that's on my. No, it's like, yeah, uh, it, it looks like you know, it's got that, that, uh, that goose game style sort of visuals, but I like that it's. I don't. I don't think they're giving like cats weapons or doing anything like crazy and all that stuff. I think it's like a cool idea to have just a cat fighting game where they are just behaving like cats. Sure. I know. Recently, they just re- there was a uh, crab fighting game that came out. So that game looked kind of cool, though. I, I, Let's I, just I, cover all the. <laughs> that the was C- one that all the animals get their own fighting game. We'll just see animals that start with the letter C. Yeah, I mean the crab one was all like. It was all like 3D. I want a coyote could, one next. And you could pick up weapons and hit people with with your with all your claws. And there was like lightsabers and stuff in there. So it looked like really silly. That was one I had on my, you know, I still have it marked. So maybe if it goes really on sale, I'll get it someday. This one I found out too. It's actually made by uh, the company that is run by former IGN guy, Matt Casamacino. It's, does he? Did he actually work on this? I think, he, I think he's like a... A marketing guy or something at that company. Like I don't know if he's a programmer or designer, but oh, last, last thing I last thing I heard he worked for Apple. I thought he was working for Apple, or maybe that's or was that, that was Bo- a while ago? I think was that Boson. Yeah, or no, Boson. No, he's got this company. No, Boson worked for. Uh, well, his brother worked for Way Forward. I don't know. Yeah, I want him to make that game that they talked about making like way back in the very very beginning of podcasts before people even knew what podcasts were when they used to do their uh, week in review podcast. Or no, that was even before that. I don't. I don't remember what their original. No, maybe it was. No, it was. Was it Week in Review? Yeah. No, I guess it was for the Wii. Yeah. But Mark Bozon and Matt Kess Messina did like the first Nintendo podcast, like way, way, way back when. And they talked about this game they wanted to make, where you're like this child, and it's all in black and white, and you're in like a skyscraper, and you like lose your mom, and your mom's at the top floor, and you have to like go through all these different floors to get to her, and there's all these monsters after you. Do you remember this, or do you remember hearing nope. about it? It always sounded so cool, and I wanted them to someday make that game, but I never saw it anywhere. But yeah, it was supposed to be like, yeah, you're this kid, and you're afraid of everything, and you're, and it's like storming outside, and you're in this like, you know, kind of like Luigi's Mansion, sort of. But you got to get to the top floor, and that's where your mom is, and you know, and it ha- it would be super stylized, kind of look like Sin City with like black and white, but like some parts would be colored depending on what it was, you know. It sounded really cool, but then what we got was this cat game, so. Maybe, maybe I'm looking forward to it. Maybe someday we'll get to that, but yeah, maybe you'll uh, be the ambassador of Fist of Fluffs for the for the podcast of fluffing the fists. And that one, that one's and most of these. 
Most of these come out next year, like Spelunky 1 and 2 next year. This one's next year as well. Um, the next one, very, very valet. When I was in high school, my friend Curtis and I, we were always, we talked about this game that we wanted to make called uh, Parking in the Game. And you just drive around and you try to park in parking lots. Oh, and we thought it'd be fun. You know, you, you, there'll be like bigger parking lots later in the game. There'll be like multiple floored ones. You got to race other cars to get into parking lots. You must spots. have been the teacher's pet in driver's ed. <laughs> well, I know. I don't think they like me there, but I, I took a different driver's ed. But yeah, no, um, yeah, it was something that I thought of. And this reminded me the most of it. So I'm like, hey, the parking game. But yeah, Glad let's, to see Curtis saw it through. Yeah, I don't think he made it, but yeah, no, very, very valet. That looks cool. It's another one coming out next year. It's a timed exclusive to Nintendo, to the Switch. And yeah, I'm intrigued by that one. I thought you would be more into this Tunchy one, John. It's a, it's a beat 'em up. It's yeah, I don't. The visuals didn't really grab me. Like it looks yeah. kind of cheap. I don't know. Yeah, it. Um, I, it's a hand drawn style, like set in the rainforest. It's got some local co op. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It didn't didn't grab me. It looks like a I don't know. It looks like a Streets of Rage style type game. I don't know. Yeah, it was kind of like I didn't really know what was going on, and I was like, yeah, has a has a name that I wasn't sure how to pronounce. Tunche. It was re- it was reminding me a little bit of the side scrolling parts of Sakuna, and I was like, I got to yeah. do that game before side scrolling beat 'em up yeah. game. Yeah. So that that one was that one was so so. But the one that I the one that I was the most excited about is this next one. Same. Which we saw a little bit of it is uh, Cyber Shadow. And it's not, so it's only produced by Yacht Club Games, right? It's not actually made. As by, far as I can tell, yeah, I don't By think the Shovel Knight been... guys. Right. But regardless of that, it still looks really fucking cool. Like the, the, the sprite graphics look awesome. Like the soundtrack sounds really cool. Yeah. Another and, Ninja uh, Gaiden inspired yeah. game, but it looks different from The Messenger. I was going to say, it, did, it brought, brought, brought me Messenger vibes for sure. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. And you can, uh, you know, I have a I have a shovel knight amiibo. Jeremy has a shovel knight amiibo. Amiibo, they can use them. We can. The bosses look freaking cool. Like, yeah. That's what I'm excited about. I just think it looks really nice. Like the art, the sprite art looks it's really very good. pretty. Yeah, and it's like I want to have that game. I was like, I'll buy that game for sure. And it's not that far. It's like just a little bit over a month away. So yeah, January twenty sixth. The shovel knight amiibo. Well, the one I have of shovel knight is the only amiibo you can use through the packaging. Free the amiibo. Hashtag free the amiibo. I don't have to free him <laughs> to use him. At Why amiibo. is that? What, like, what's the difference in the packaging that allows that? I don't know. There's Maybe like there's a, like an RF shield or something in other ones. Yeah, in the other ones, they put like this reflective thing under it, so you mm-hmm. can't actually scan it unless you take it out of the box. But, oh, because people would go to the store and just like use mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Well, but the Shovel Knight guys, you know, if you aren't, if you don't have a direct, have a amiibo, and I think they were the only ones that did like a third party amiibo, right? Yep. If, if you're doing like your own amiibo, you have to make it yourself. So, since they went into so much time to make their own amiibo, they're like, you know, we're going to make it to where you can scan it in the box and you can keep it in there if you want. So, they probably also wanted to save the money. So they made it. They just cut out the bottom so you could attach it directly to the controller and not completely cut out, but it's just like a clear thing of plastic, so you can still pop it on there. You know. So, I think that's probably my favorite amiibo, just because because uh, of yeah. The weirdness because of, of the all. difference, yeah, the, mm-hmm. the difference of it. Oh well, no, I forgot about Yarn Poochie. I don't have, yeah, I don't He's think I best. have. A, I don't have a favorite amiibo. I love them all equally. All You're of just them. saying that because they're with with an earshot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I guess by default, I have to say that the Dragon Quest guy is my favorite because I like Dragon Quest. Lodo, 
Yeah. I like I like him and I really like the Street Fighter ones too, just because Street Fighters you know, Street Fighter is one of those games that's been with me forever. Like I've played it so long and it's like one of my favorite fighting games ever. So and this other one, okay, so th- this was a drops today thing. Calico where you uh get to go around and pick up cats. And this game looks really, really weird. I don't know how I feel about this game. The art Manager style, Cat Cafe. The art style is really weird. Even though I do I do like that there's fat girls in that. There's some fat girl representation, so I mean See, that. at twelve bucks, I'm not completely sold on this. Unfortunately, I gotta be frugal, even with, though I have money in my account. Still from you guys and from friend of the show, David. Uh I still don't want this yet. I don't want I'd wait for a sale on it. I really but don't I, I really buy it for yeah. five bucks. I really can't tell. I really can't tell what it is. I'd have to watch some videos or some streaming of it. Because I don't know enough about it to be like, oh, you know. But you know, it since it's at twelve dollars regularly, it could easily be under ten and under ten. One is of our always... um, our guests we had, Mario Bocor. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she was playing it for review. I oh, okay. Saw on Twitter, so she'd probably be a person you'd want to look to 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 find out more about the game. She she was playing it from yeah third coast. Yeah, no, it, it's I just don't yeah I don't know that much about it, but it's it's dropped today and I've I've been so busy with work that I haven't even been a, been able to really check the eShop since the indie direct, but I still watched it. After that, Alba, a wildlife adventure. Uh, I think that one looks cool. I'm interested in that. Uh, we, I think that it's was like cool Wind Waker. I think it's cool. Jessica Alba's making games now, though. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was watching it with Jess, and she's like, "Why does he's like, why does that character look like Ash? Because they're wearing the same like two toned like right, red and true. white hat, very yeah. much." And I'm like, I don't know. Maybe they're trying to like grab some of them Pokemon fans and get them to buy the game and just purposely make the character look like Ash. But yeah, no, our style looks pretty cool. It's all about you like helping out animals and stuff like that. And sure, I'm intrigued by it. It's you know, it's coming out spring of next year, so who knows what's happening then. Hopefully we'll all we'll all have vaccines or something. Um, Nosia, which is basically the single player version of Among Us, right? <laughs> or uh or like yeah, a that's more they call it, they call it the social deduction genre. Oh. Which I I guess that's Among Us. I was gonna say uh well, even before well, even before Among Us, it's basically, you know, the thing in anime form. If you have, if you haven't seen the thing, I'm I'm sad with both of you, but you know, the thing, the faculty, totally form. like, totally, totally like ripped off the thing as well. But, you know, where everybody's, you don't know, and there was a there was an X Files episode right. that was basically the thing as well. Yeah, you don't know, you don't know who's who it is, who's yeah. infected, and and it's yeah, somebody is an imposter, and yeah. I've not seen it. I'm sorry. It's great. I mean, you should watch it. It has incredible body horror in it. Like the, the John Carpenter's The Thing. It's actually a remake of an older horror movie, which is also good. But the John Carpenter one gets weirder. That's the, the special effects is really cool. It's all like practical. But yeah, it's it's a similar thing. They actually made a PlayStation game of that. It's supposed to be really good. S- same similar thing like Last of Us or Among Us, where it's like, who is the bad person? We don't know. You know, because the Last Among Us. The Last Among Us. Yes. But yeah, no, it's uh, this is probably my least interested uh, game of all. I don't really. I just, yeah, it was like a visual novel. Just kind of looked. I don't know. It didn't didn't work for me. I don't really play visual novels, so it's like not really. I mean, I think the last one I played that I really really liked was a uh, Hotel Dusk on DS, which is awesome. That game's awesome. But I mean, I I think that one was so good that I just. I guess Phoenix Ride is kind of a visual novel, but that's it kind is. of more point and clicky. Those those are really good, but I don't know. It's it, it's kind of one of those things where I need to know more about it before I can have an opinion. 
But the next one, Happy Game, I think that one looks really cool. And it's and it's a Czech game too. It's a it's a Czech Republic game, which is interesting. You don't really see you don't see much of those like at all. I didn't even know they made games there. But yeah, it's a and it has this it's cool style. It looks like it, like very it looks inspired by uh what's the game where you're the little kid who's a shadow it came out like 13 years ago or something oh it, it reminded me of a uh, world of goo is, is what it reminded me of yeah that too because that game has this like sort of cutesy but weird like tim burton-esque style like mm-hmm. everything's mm-hmm. kind of cute but it's also terrible because the world is ending and the world ends in the end and it's like super depressing but cute at the same time it kind of like gave me that impression and I love World of Goo. Like I thought it was so great on on Wii, not on Switch, but on the Wii, it was good. And the soundtrack. They was call a, this one was a psychedelic too. horror game. And I think that that fits the visuals and everything. Yeah, and it has it this whole like um, has this whole like fake happiness thing, which I really enjoy. I like that stuff. You know, they, they did a game. They did a game called We Happy Few that I thought was supposed was going to be good, but it didn't really get reviewed that well. But the similar thing where it's like you're in a world that looks happy, but behind all of it, it's everybody's just on pills and deranged. And that's kind of this game sort of reminded me of that where it's like limbo oh, was the game that I was thinking of. Oh yeah, yeah. Like limbo, but if you added sure. some color to it. Yeah. But it's a, uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to that one. And then, then a uh, super meat boy, like we talked about coming out next week, it's been in release forever, but, or, or in development forever. Finally got a date. Cool. I mean, 20 bucks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I have Super Meat Boy One. It was almost like too hard for me, but I don't know if I really want to play it again. I still have it on the Wii. Yeah, I'm not really hankering for more. Yeah, uh, I think I think I have it, it on good. Wii, I think I have it on Wii U, either like Wii U or 3DS. But, but my Gr- favorite part of that game is when it shows you at the end all the like simultaneous attempts. You know, all the attempts. Oh, right. At the same time, that's pretty cool. But all the carnage. Mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people trying to push that that Super Meat Boy was better than Super Mario or New Super Mario Brothers at the time it came out and I don't know. I I I'm the same thing. I have both of them but I still really like the Super, the New Super Mario Brothers the console ones better than the, yeah. than, than Super Meat Boy is more about precision platforming and it's almost by design that you die over and over again whereas Mario is just about enjoying the experience. Yeah, it's about fun and not and not torture. <laughs> And I thought about you, John, because you said you really like Grindstone, and now that's coming to Switch. Yeah, I like this game. It was fun. Um, it's like a puzzle game where you have to... Uh, I played it on Mac, and you had to click the path that you wanted to go, um, basically matching up your uh, the different um, spots that you want to go to by color, mm-hmm. and then your guy will slice through with his sword in that order. I liked it on, on the Mac, and I'm just unclear... I suspect that it would probably play better on the computer with a mouse than it would with the Switch. I don't know. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I'm sure they'd find a way to to make it play better. I, I it came out today. I haven't looked at it yet, but I was intrigued by it. But I did actually make end up making another purchase, so I probably won't make won't buy any of these ones that came out today. But but yeah, no. I mean, it's uh, it looks cool. I'll think about it in the future when it's on sale. Uh, then we get like a sizzle reel when the past was around. Point and click. There's a thing. demo of this one. I tried it. Oh, okay. That yeah. was the demo. It's pretty fun. It's interesting. So it's a point-and-click adventure. It's got 2D pastel art, really pretty simplistic style. And if you're interested, I'll give, we'll give that demo a try. Uh, I enjoyed my, what, 30 minutes with it. Um, Less than $10, too. It's pretty cheap right off the bat, 8 dollars Yeah, and I think that's probably re- 
about the right price from what I played. It seems like a game that's going to be over pretty quick, like a nice little one evening sort of experience. Mm-hmm. And it's got a nice sort of chill vibe to it, which I just kind of needed yesterday. So it was enjoyable. Sure. Yeah. Uh, a lot of these went so pa- so fast that I didn't really get a whole lot from them. Cosmocrats, zero gravity comedy adventure. Yeah. That one was like, uh, that was kind of interesting to me because at first it looked like just a puzzle game and it's got kind of a dark vibe to it. Um, and I wasn't that interested on the first uh, viewing of it, but when I went to Nintendo's website to look more into it, they said it was a zero-gravity comedy adventure, and it's M-rated, which I did not gather either of those things from the, the trailer. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, that sounds kind of cool. So I'll wait and see on that one. I'm interested. Yeah, I could barely, I can barely tell what was going on with a lot of these, so I don't know. Hoa is the next one. It's a 2D platformer. It's very pastel looking, and then the main character looks like uh, the character from Journey, like the guy with the red cloak. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's it's cool again. You know, we only got like ten seconds of it, so mm. um, yeah, I'm interested. Hazel Sky. It's a third person adventure puzzle game. It's like very. It looks like they game Siberia. You know that game? The one that has like three has like all those sequels. And yeah. Never never played it. Yeah. Yeah, it's got that kind of visual style to it. Um, that one comes out in April. Yeah, it just didn't grab me again. So pass on that one for me. Yeah. Trash Sailors was the next one. It's a multiplayer game. It looks sort of like an overcooked style uh, game w- w- where you're on a makeshift raft. Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to pass on that one. That's like the Flame and the Flood combined with Overcooked. Oh, uh, Hazel Sky. Like I'm watching the trailer for it right now. I was actually really intrigued by this one because I, okay. I think it looks really good. Like I think the... Because it's like fully 3D and like adventure yep. and it looks really nice. And like the swimming part looks really, really cool too. So that was one I was kind of like, oh, I might buy that. That kind of reminded me of like the Abzu, I guess, some of the swimming did. And it just mm. looks like one of those things would be that would be fun to play. I don't know. So that one I was intrigued intrigued by. And yeah, you, you guys are saying the, the, the trash boat one, trash sailors, it does kind of look like um, overcooked is what I got from it. Yep. Oh, overcooked, but on a but on a trash boat. Finding Paradise is a 2D Super Nintendo style RPG where you got two characters together. It looks like they're both controlled at once by the player. Now, now, apparently this is, from what I saw online, people are saying that this is a sequel to To the Moon. Have you heard of To the Moon? Oh, I've heard of that one, yeah. Yeah, it's a sequel to that game, and a lot of people seem to really like that game. So it does have, I don't know, I, I like the art style of it. You know, it looks like a, Kind of looks like Super Nintendo 64. It kind of reminds me a little bit of uh, Harvest Moon on 64, or Harvest Moon on, on Super Nintendo, for that matter. But mm. I dig the style of it, you know? I don't know. That one comes out in spring. Yeah. And then we got the one more thing, which right. was Among Us. Among Us, yeah. And you guys you guys have this game already. You already got it. Yeah, we both bought me and Jeremy. I have officially bought that game twice now. But thanks to the generosity of uh, only five dollars for the show, David, I uh, used my eShop credit for it. Yeah, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll get. It. I'm sure I'll get. It, end up getting it at some point. I was curious about can you can you play it single player? Does it have to only be with yes. friends, or can you just jump in? You can just you can jump in. in. It was hard to find. I never found a group. But I didn't try that hard. I tried for like ten minutes. Oh, weird. I uh. So what I'll do is I'll go to you know. Um, well, f- first off. I was trying to host my own room and I found like people expected a lot of me like that I would talk to them more. 
Mm. Even though the keyboard, like the, it's hardest to uh, communicate in that game. Which I ended up hooking up a keyboard to my Switch through the USB port. That made it a little easier, but it's still annoying that you have to like still like go and select the send on the chat window. You Ugh. can't hit enter, which sucks. I wish you could just hit enter on the keyboard. Then I could chat nice and quickly. Because people will start to tell you you're sus. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> people I've... kept telling me I'm sus, and I'm like, I'm not sus. Like, <laughs> sus I'm you. Guy. Get the sus out of here. You're sus. Yeah, no, I've heard people say the sus thing, and I don't know what it means, but I figured it's... Suspect. It's, su- it's for- suspect or suspicious. Oh, uh, okay. It, I figured it had something to do with the game, and I'd figure it out later, but... I played, I mean, I played probably 10 or 15 matches. I won five or six, so... And, you know, sometimes that's from being on the um, the non-imposter team, ejecting the imposter. But I uh, I've, I was the imposter like four games in a row. It was crazy. But what I'll do is I'll go to like, you know, I'll go to like online play and uh, join a match. And then I'll always like click that and then scroll down a couple. I'll go click, 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 and then hit A. Because the top match is going to be like joined really fast. So I'm just trying to increase my chances of getting into a room by like choosing the fourth or fifth option or whatever randomly and so doing that i've been able to pretty consistently get into a room after five or six tries of going back and doing that over and over again it's kind of weird that you can't just hit a button to join random room you have to select the room i agree uh i think a big reason for that well i mean you should just be able to do it randomly but every room is going to have different kind of like local setup because you could build you can you know you can choose the number of imposters and the total number of people that play then whoever's hosting, even if it's not, if it's set to where it's 10 people, they can still start the game at six if they want. So even though you think you're joining a 10 person game, you're not. So it's weird like that, but I did find, nope. so some of the games I played, I, I could tell like the people that I played a bunch. Cause they're like, all right, I went this way through this room. And then I went through this room and I saw this person there. Oh yeah. I saw you come out of there. Like some people are actually pretty into this and I can get like, this is just one of those games you got to play a bunch to to get familiar with the the layout and the proper protocols. But every time I was the composter, I would just kind of go like walk around in the kind of a lap and then wait till someone was alone in a room with me and kill them, kill them, and then just <laughs> keep moving afterwards. Yeah, that would be really fun to do along with our Jackbox games that we do. Jump on and play that all together. And I didn't know until re- I just figured out recently that you can report a body even if you're the killer, which makes sense. But you could totally like be like, I found a body. And, and you know, people are less likely to think it's you if you report it, I think. Is, is this game? Do you know all- if it's crossplay or is it just Switch players? I can't tell because the f- how quickly some people are typing on there makes me think that. But they might be playing on the touchscreen mode. That might be why. Yeah. And there's no there's no sort of voice chat, right? They didn't like uh, no do something like Fortnite where you can talk through the system. The, I guess it never has had voice chat. Hmm. You Weird. have to do like there's some sort of mod on Discord where you can make it have proximity chat or something. But uh, yeah, it doesn't natively have voice chat built into it, even in the original version, because it wants to limit your interaction. Like you're only supposed to be able to talk to each other during the meetings after the bodies are discovered. Right. Mm. Yeah. It's I, pretty fun though. Yeah. I was really starting to get into it. And Shauna was doing something and she was sitting there watching me play and you know, you could tell she was kind of entertained by the things people were saying to me when they were telling me I was sus and stuff. Like 
There was one time where like everybody was ganging up on me and I'm like, no, I literally was just in this main area the whole time. They're like, sure. Yeah, that sounds okay. Yeah, we believe you. And then literally everyone voted me out and I got killed, even though I was innocent. But in their, in their, you know, in their defense, I, I would always lie. Even when I didn't know who the killer was, I was still like suggesting someone to try to eliminate people. Is, is it harder if you're the suspect? Like if you don't know how to play the game? I don't know. I think I got lucky because my thought would be it probably isn't crossplay because I think it's one of those games kind of like the glory days of when Fortnite first came to the Switch and we could actually like get close to winning because it's a lot of noobs in there. You're not the only noob. So uh, it kind of felt that way. Like, and one thing that really sucks is like, especially when you have sets of like more than six, people will drop out. And you won't even see it won't even like give you a notification that they dropped out. Mm. So then you'll go for the meeting and then you'll just see it. It'll be like, did did all those people get killed or did they drop out? Mm. And I don't know if it has an impact on your total record or anything. But, um, yeah. The thing that sucks is people keep rage quitting the game or dropping out or maybe their signal is bad. Up, but some people are really impatient, too. They'll be like, if you don't respond to them immediately, they'll be like, hey, 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 hey. So the, the, how quickly some people are you. typing is a little annoying to me. You just gotta get better. I played this. I played this board game with uh, with Jess, like when we first started dating with Jess and her friends, uh, the Battlestar Galactica game, and it's very similar to this, where like you know two of you are randomly chosen to be Cylons, and you have to like. It is the first time I ever played it, and they're like, you know, it's probably the worst for you to be a Cylon if you've never played the game. And then I get the card, and it's like you're a Cylon, and I'm like fuck, and I didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, hopefully it's not like that, where like you've never played the game, and you become the imposter, you just don't know what to do. Because it's I more, it's, you should like understand more of the game to be able to play it on the other one. I, I think you actually are going to do better the more you play because yeah. you can just tell the players that know what they're doing. You know, they're like, oh, which room were you in? Or you know, they'll actually like start interrogating you, and uh, and so it's a little more involved than i have been able to wrap my brain around yet so is it like is it like clue like do you like automatically kill somebody and then and then it's they like have secret to guess hitler. did you ever play that no there's this game called secret hitler that i played i've heard, of it. I've heard of it yeah i've and heard i've heard of seal, hitler. everyone gets a sealed envelope at the beginning everybody puts their heads down and then it'll be like all right if you were one of the uh fascists raise your head you raise your head up and then you know who the two fascists are including yourself and then you put your head back down and it's just based off of like the whole time you're trying to throw people off your trail and you're trying to earn the ability to kill people. And once you like kill someone, even if they're innocent, you know, they're out of the game. So and the goal is to kill Hitler. And, and, and among us, like it's basically you want to convince everybody to kill one of the other people. If yeah, you're a you suspect. just want to like get it down to the, to where there's only a couple of people and then you can kill them. What happens when it goes down to two and it's just an innocent person and the killer? That I don't know. I haven't made it that far. It's probably rare for it to get to that Fight point to the outside. death. Yeah. To the death. I think it's more fun to have two two imposters because you'll see each other and you just kind of like have like an unknown, you know, like a sort of virtual wink. Like, oh, yeah, we're, we're just doing normal things. I don't know. I, I'm interested to play it at some point. I don't know if I would get hooked on this game like some other games i've played but is it better than fall? i'm starting to i'm starting to to get more like i'm starting to have more fun with it the more i play it is it better than fall guys or winter yeah. guys as i call it now 
Well, so now we're in the winter. It, Fall Guys was a lot of fun at first, but I feel yeah, like you. That's one, of the, that's one of those games I just like. One day I just didn't care anymore. You fell off of that one really quick. Mm-hmm. I felt like like you were onto yeah, it for like two weeks, and then you were just like, then you just stopped talking about Fall Guys. Yeah, I just yeah. got over it. I think it was after I bought it on Steam, so I had two copies of it. I was just like, why do I like this so much? I should really think about it, and then I just kind of like stopped. And you realized you didn't like it. Also, I think <laughs> that's around the time Moon came out. And once Moon came out, that's all I care about. Yeah, I remember that game. Seems like this one has more of a social element than Fall Guys does. Like Fall Guys, you play with a bunch of random people, right? Whereas this one, you're supposed to play it with best played with your friends, and you can play. You know, it with, it's all about talking, and so you can play with your friends in Fall Guys, but you're still going to be a minority in the in the big crowd of random people. Yeah, and a big part of Fall Guys is like not that you can't control well, and you have to figure out how to control your non controlling well person, right? Yeah. This game's already been around for what two years, so mm-hmm. I suspect it'll still be around for a while. Yeah, it came out and like with no like nobody talked about it, and then all of a sudden it one pe- of the sleeper hits. Yeah, people were streaming it, and and then all of a sudden Alexandria Cortez was playing it, and it's like kids ah. love it. <laughs> so a lot of the people that are playing it are probably pretty young. Yeah, so you sort of get that element too, like you did with Fortnite, where I feel like that's an eight-year-old Tommy Amos. Yeah, yeah. Like Probably all them kids. All right. Well, that, that's been the Nindy World showcase. There, I think it's time for us to take a break here. I think that's our. I think that's our first part of our show. And when we come back, we're going to do our clip show. We're just going to talk about Nintendo Main as a whole and the past 250 episodes. So, stay tuned. It's going to be fun. you it's me mario yeah you <laughs> subscribe to our patreon to hear our bonus shows which happen every month i'm a tired tired of all the big corporate podcasts spoon feeding you the same old video game news on every single show ah spaghetti ah ravioli then expand Nintendo Main Expansion Pack. It's us talking about old games that were important to us. It's us interviewing people that we meet at conventions. And heck, it's live shows from those same conventions. It's basically everything you could want that Nintendo Main ever made. Here we go! And it's just a buck a month. That's less than a bad indie on the eShop. It's $12 a year, which is less than Nintendo Switch Online. <laughs> Thank you so much for subscribing to our Patreon and supporting Nintendo Main. Just go to patreon.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast and hey, Mario, let go. He's throwing us back to the show. So long, gay Bowser. 
Ah! Ah! Patreon.com slash Podcast. Game over. So we are back, and, you know, this is our 250th episode, as we said earlier, and we thought for this episode, we would just kind of look back on the 250 episodes of Nintendo Main. Plus. 250 plus, but 250 plus. 250 plus, yeah. We have have bonus episodes, and as as we've done it for years, like we do, our Christmas episode is not a numbered episode. So you won't really hear, I mean, you won't really hear like another, like regular episode from us until like the first week of January. Cause we're, cause we, we have our, we'll have our bonus Christmas episode and then we'll have our top 10 of the year. And then, you know, and then we'll go back to the regular swing of things and, and 2021, 2021. Wow. Let's hope for as much normalcy as possible. Other than <laughs> us too. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It is exciting that vaccines are going out into the world. I've actually seen people take them, and I know people. You've who are, seen it. I know people who, yeah, I've seen. It. I know people who are actually getting them. You do too, Jeremy. I uh, know people that are. Yeah, uh, it was a like Gabe's wife is getting it on Thursday. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Is she a healthcare worker? I think so. I mean, yeah. Oh, okay, that makes sense. I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, and I probably do know people. I'm friends with her on Facebook, and I just saw that she said that she was getting it on Thursday, and she was the only person I like, kind of know, you know, that says. That's getting it like next this week, you know, like tomorrow, like now, you know, in a few hours. So that's pretty cool that it's. And there are a couple other people that got on waiting lists and stuff. And yeah, she's getting that five G. <laughs> she's gonna be able to. She's gonna be able to be on the phone no matter where she's at. She'll be her own Wi Fi. I saw someone her, today say portable like, Wi Fi on Twitter. They were like, you, "It's not true that you're gonna get five G installing you when you get the vaccine." But I did hear there's a. U2 album. Did we install the new? <laughs> yeah. God, U2. But yeah, so so what I thought I would do here for this episode, or what we would do, is that I guess we, we can talk about some moments, some like honorable mentions of our own at the beginning here. Maybe some firsts or something. And then we're going to actually do like a clip show of, four, of sorts where we're going to play like two to, two to three minutes. Uh, one of them is five minutes of clips from our older shows and you know we'll like react to them and it'll be fun to listen to back when we used to be funny still you know in, in our in our in our youthful years before the world got stone cold <laughs> yeah we're like you know in the honeymoon honeymoon years of our podcast when we were we liked each other more <laughs> or whatever so yeah john you made some pretty good notes here about stuff there, there were ones that I was thinking about having on here that I just couldn't think of actual moments on there. But one one that I kind of want to mention as a 
as an honorary mention is uh our Xenoblade Chronicles X episode. And that was like that one was important to me just because it was the first time that we got a lot of downloads. Like that one got like a real that was our most downloaded episode for a while. And then there was a reset and Libsyn actually you can't see the old downloads anymore. So it's hard to tell what what our number one that's not our number one anymore because everything got reset, but I felt like it was I felt like we were like a, a ahead of the curve there cuz we like dropped we like dropped that episode like that Friday night and we had played it like at midnight Thursday night the night before and we played like all day. Well, I played it all day. I think Jeremy played as much as you could in, in the two days. And we were talking about this brand new game that like nobody knew about and I felt like we were kind of like on the cutting edge of something, you know. And that was like our fifth episode or something. It was like really early. So we were one of the only ones talking about uh Xenoblade Chronicles? Is that the reason you think? Well, Xenoblade Chronicles X, like, we were just like, nobody nobody really knew that much about it, I guess. And I think we were, I don't know now how it happened. I heard that, I mean, I, I'd all, I had also, like, done an appearance on another podcast, and I know I, we probably got promotion through that at that same time, but I just felt like we were ahead of the curve. I felt like we were talking about stuff that, other, that people weren't talking about yet, because it had just came out, and maybe nobody really cared about Xenoblade Chronicles X or Wii U or anything like that. And it felt like we kind of hit a niche part, and it, it felt nice, you know, like, oh, cool. And I remember, like, searching through the internet, like, trying to find the soundtrack, and I found the soundtrack, but the, all of the songs are labeled so weirdly, and the soundtrack in itself is labeled weirdly, that it was really hard for me to find the songs that I wanted. And I remember even saying in the episode that I didn't find the right song, and then the re- and the right song does play later. I just didn't realize it until later, and it's kind of one of those things where it just kind of just came together and i don't know that was one i always remember fondly of like our of like some of our earlier ones i think as far as the wii u goes that was our maybe our only like cutting edge episode we did where we both got this game that had been hyped up a lot and it was like one of the last big releases for the wii u well it was it was before uh it was before paper mario yeah but- and zelda and breath of the wild i feel like no, when i guess I, I don't count those i think when x came out the Wii was still, maybe people still thought that the Wii could be a system that people would like. And it wasn't like, you know, they weren't like burying it in the dirt yet. It was still like, they thought it was still like a viable console when Xenoblade I've came seen out. people give a lot of credit to Xenoblade Chronicles X because, and I, and I feel we've t- spoken about this on another episode, but the fact that, you know, the monolith people helped with the Breath of the Wild's open world. Like this was the first giant open world game I ever played. Yeah, and Animal Crossing as well, mm-hmm. which isn't that. I mean, but they did. They worked on it. But yeah, it was just a. Uh, it was. It was. It was like my. Uh, it, it was my. Uh, what I would use to combat people with other systems. They'd be like, "I'm playing. I'm playing Fallout Four, and I'm like, "Well, fuck that. Xenoblade Chronicles X, man. <laughs> it's a hundred, two hundred hours of greatness. <laughs> like, fuck your game." And I would love that game if if I could make the sprites bigger. It's still so fucking hard to play. And I tried playing it again. It's I didn't realize how 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 difficult it is to play because of how tiny the words are, or the the font. The font needs to be bigger. It's just so so tiny. But that's one that I think that I thought of as an honorary mention. Do you guys want to say anything aside from our top ten, just like as an intro? Well, I definitely wanted to mention the. Uh, let's see if I have it in here. Which episode it was? Um. It was episode 90. It was after we got, uh, after we'd all gotten our Super Nintendo classics and we all had our stories about that, which I thought was a really cool episode. 
um, because we were all out in the real world finding our SNES <laughs> classics. Yeah, back when we could do that, when you could go out into the real world. And uh, we all had pretty good stories, but I liked, you know, in particular, like, I think that I got lucky because I was waiting in line at Walmart and I was the very last person in line that, yeah, I think I was the 26th person and they had 26 total. And the guy who told me that was the same guy that I had gotten the NES classic from. So he actually recognized me. And uh, during while I was standing in line, you know, there are a bunch of people standing behind me that were like looking pretty dour. You know, they weren't like super excited about the fact that they probably weren't going to get one. They're the only hope of getting it. They knew was if somebody's card didn't go through or whatever, or some other thing or another happened. So they, it was very clearly known in the line that I was the last person to have the SNES classic that they had. So I just happened to get there the very last second. And then while I'm standing in line, I get a call from a strange number I didn't recognize. And normally I would just like let that go to voicemail or whatever, but it just looked like it was a local number. And I'm like, this is kind of weird. So I answer it. It was the police department. And they said, hey, is this Jeremy Mikowski? How did they get your number? Uh, It was in my insurance information tied to my registration, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Because they were like, "Hey, uh, your call, your car's been involved in uh, in in an accident. It's just a minor fender bender, but we need you to come out here and speak with us about it." Turns out, someone had hit my car out in the parking lot as they were like pulling into a parking space, and I feel bad because it wasn't completely their fault. Like um, the latch on my door wasn't working right. So the door would sometimes I'd close it and I'd walk away and then the door would like swing open depending on gravity. It's a pretty crappy car, uh, even though, you know, it did, it did the job. But uh, I guess what had happened, like after I went inside, the door like started to swing open. And then when someone was pulling into the parking spot or like pulling out, they hit it. And um, so anyway, yeah, I was like, uh, I'm standing there in line and I'm on the phone and the line is at that point, it started moving as I, I, I don't remember if I mentioned that. And uh, and I get this call and I answer it and I ha- and I'm like, well, can I just like I'm in line right now getting this item? Can I come out afterwards? And the and the police officer is just like, Mr. Mikowski, you need to you need to come here. out here. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, all right. So and I mean, I'm just telling the story verbatim, like I did in the episode. But uh, I go, I'm like, what do I do? What do I do? Well, I know that guy. <laughs> That's working at the layaway counter, which is in the back of Walmart where they were doing this, you know, midnight, midnight thing because it, you know, it was 1201 at that point and they could sell it. And I, uh, I walk all the way to the front of the line and my whole way walking up there, just these very, very nasty looks from everyone in line. Cause I'm just walking past them as they're like, you know, patiently waiting. And, uh, I go up to the guy and I'm like, Hey, uh, I need to go. You remember me? I'm number 26. Uh, I also got the NES classic. Uh, <laughs> I just got a call that I need to go talk to the cops because my car got hit in the dr- in the uh, in the parking lot. And the guy's just like, "Oh yeah, they just uh, they just told me about that. So uh, you better go take care of that." I was like, "Okay, well, I mean, am I going to be able to get the item still?" He's like, "Yeah, I'll hold it for you." Mm. And then there was a guy standing next to him, another like clerk that I think was kind of helping like bag him up or whatever, who was like, "Well, I mean." If you're not able to make it back, we're going to have to sell it to someone else. And then that guy, like, kind of was like, "You're fine. Just go out and talk to the cops." Like, so let like, him, let him get it. Right. Exactly. He was like, I think he was probably the the other person's boss or 
or whatever. He was the head of the department, whereas this other person was more of a menial employee. And yeah, you, you reenacted that scene from uh, Star Fox 2 or uh-huh. any, any of the scenes. So yeah, I went Star out Fox to the parking 2. lot, dealt yeah. with the whole thing. I ended up not even fi- like, you know, their car, their car wasn't damaged. My car wasn't damaged. They just decided they, they, I don't know. Instead of just leaving their information, they called the cops. I don't know why they chose to do that. But uh, maybe because there's a lot of cameras in the parking lot and they were worried about it or whatever. But I uh, went back inside. And there was some people like standing at the counter, like kind of arguing with the the guy that, that was that was uh you know the guy that was selling it. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I still have it here. You go ahead and buy it." And the person that was arguing with him was like, "That's not fair. He wasn't even here in line. Like, once he left the store, he should not be allowed to have it." And it was yeah. I they, just like was like, "Uh, sorry, man," and I just like paid for it and walked out the door. But <laughs> yeah, so that episode kind of details that story, and it's one of my favorite video game stories because I literally felt like outside forces were working against me to get that SNES classic. You can watch it at youtube.com slash Nintendo main podcast. I'll stream it. Check it out. You can, you can uh, get in the comments and tell me how much you hate me for buying the system ahead of you. <laughs> yeah. That is super Nintendo classic. Yeah. I use it as a moment of, uh, of promotion. But yeah, I have not been back to that Walmart to get anything at a midnight release. I think that that was one of those moments where you could just see the difference between the SNES and the NES. Like when I got the NES Classic, there was only one other person there. And then I think two other people showed up because I think they got four total. And we literally had to stand there and wait until more people showed up or else they were going to let us buy more than one each. Wow. At a certain so once time, the amount of people yeah. showed up for the NES, that's when we were allowed to go up. And they didn't even ring us up in the back. Like I said, so there was just this huge like uptick in people being interested in the item this time around. So ever since then, I don't even bother. I think that was the the golden age of waiting in line at midnight for things mm-hmm. at a retail store. And plus, we can't really do that anymore. So sure. it's fun to revisit that story and think of a time when and that, was, that cool. was a thing. Well, I've got two honorable mentions. They're kind of on the same note. So I'll just do how, them both how, real quick. How dare you? We only uh, have one. <laughs> Cheater. I said Sorry, cheater! How dare you? So one is uh, we got mentioned on NVC. I thought that was really cool. Nice. Friend of the show, Janet Garcia, co-host uh, on the NVC podcast, um, uh, mentioned us as she was talking about her experience with her first with amiibo, getting amiibo. Yeah, and she told the story of how uh, how she met Trey, getting the the, the Mario cereal am- amiibo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I uh, well, I I had talked to her. We had actually met each other. Before we met each other at one of Kevin Ferris events on, on the release of, of Splatoon 2, that was when I met Fuchsia for the first time, too. But, uh, you know, friend of the show, Kevin Fair, he was robbed for a uh, best content creator of 2020, by the way. We were wondering why he wasn't nominated for the VGAs. Not cool, Kevin, next year. But no, uh, Kevin Fair was having a party for the Splatoon release, and I think I heard about it through Facebook or something, and I went over there. And, uh, yeah, Janet was there and Fuchsia was there. And I actually talked to Fuchsia that she was on our show like the next week or so. And Janet, I don't know if I talked to her that much, but I did play with her on the game because I friended her there and she was already my friend on Switch. And I just put something up on, on the uh, NVC forum group asking if anybody had podcasts and they wanted to like be on our show, you know, and she was the main one. It was like her and Corey and Ed were like the main ones that like talked to me and, you know, and got on, and got on the show, and that's They're how we first. That's how we first started talking, and I yeah, and I remember well, 
we kind of talk about it in spoilers. Maybe I shouldn't talk about it, but John, you know, John got a whole bunch of cereal and I remember we couldn't find cereal. And then one day I just, I was going into Jewel to get, cause I used to go, I used to get, used to go to Jewel on Tuesday nights cause I would get paid Tuesday morning and I would go get food Tuesday night after I did delivery or whatever. And I was in Jewel on Tuesday night and I found all these like cereals everywhere. And I remember Janet saying she couldn't find it anywhere and she still lives in Chicago so I texted her and I was like, "Hey, do you want cereal? Do you want this Mario cereal?" And she's like, "Yeah." And I'm like, "How many? Do, I'm like, how many do you want?" There's like a shit ton of them here at Jewel, and I think I got like four or five or something like that. And yeah, her and Edwin came over to my house and got it, you know. And and we had never really, you know, we had never really talked. And it's kind of weird to just go to somebody's house for cereal, but cereal, yeah, yeah. But they just they came. <laughs> what over. time was it? It was at night too, wasn't it? It was at night. Yeah. Well, I said like whenever, and I I don't know. I, I, it's kind of a joke that writes itself. Go to a stranger's house for cereal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. When I used, I mean, when I used to do, I mean, I still do freelance, but I did was in so many situations. It seemed weird when you go meet like random people at restaurants or go to their houses or whatever to talk about whatever movie they're doing. It always seemed like maybe you shouldn't be doing that, you know. But yeah, but no, yeah, they came over and that's how I had met them. Was like I was like, here, here's my cereals. I got got these, you know, for you. But yeah, she she uh, told that story much better than I did on uh, on NBC, and mentioned us and all that, and that was cool. It was always cool that she still uh, held the candle for uh, for Nintendo Main, even though we really appreciate it. Though she's famous now, you know. <laughs> and she if actually want to hear uh, that story. It's on NBC episode four eighty four, and you can start at fourteen minutes fifteen seconds. And also, um, in episode two eighteen, she actually came back and did another. Yeah, that was that was a fun one too. That was like our longest one ever. And she also, uh, when I was tweeting about the VGAs, she like retweeted one of my tweets, and I got a whole bunch of uh, people commenting on it. So it was it was great. It was when I tweeted, uh, "Is there really two more hours of this?" Was my tweet. She <laughs> thought that was funny, and she retweeted <laughs> it because I was pretty bored after the first hour of of the Video Game Awards, to tell you the truth. But I was I was like, I'm gonna watch all of it. And I thought it was gonna be four hours. It ended up only being three and a half hours, but. It, they said online that it was going to be four, that it was going to be six to ten. And when it got to, like, eight o'clock, I was like, what the fuck is left, man? <laughs> like, what? Like, there's no way. This is only halfway through. Like, this is already bad. So, yeah. So, she still helps out on the show and all that stuff. The other honorable mention that I wanted to honorably mention was uh, we got a thank you from the Sabotage Studios, the creators of Messenger, when we gave the Messenger a game of the year. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, that was that was really cool, and I'm and I you know I, I'm I'm on the Kickstarter of their next game, so I hope that someday we'll get to f- actually talk to each other on here through Zoom for an episode. So that's my plan for the future is to be able to talk to them because I'm on there. I'm I, I'm on the Kickstarter. I'm supposedly I'm supposed to be able to talk to them through uh whatever the oh, fuck that thing Discord. is called that I don't like. Yeah, Discord. I'm supposed to be able to talk to them through Discord. So I hope that maybe that would lead that would lead lead up to a interview in the future. It will. So all you gotta do is post a screen cap of their tweet. Yeah. Well, I mean, if they, you want to hear us reacting to getting the tweet, it was episode number one fifty three when we talk about getting the tweet. And I wanted this. I wanted this to be a celebration of our episode. So you know, please go back and listen to those episodes. They're pretty cool. But yeah, if there's nothing else you want to mention aside from that, we can get into my clip show that I did here. Just kind of pulled pulled out some parts to we we talked uh you know we like we we all picked our personal favorite five moments and then you know if everybody had like the same moment I would put that in our we made like a collective top five of everything and we voted on various ones so 
took us some time, but we found, we decided which ones we think are our favorite moments. And these aren't necessarily favorite episodes, but moments. So I wanted to try to grab like times when we were, I don't know, in sync where we had like a good chemistry going or like when we were doing an interesting thing or something like that. That's kind of what I was going for here. So hopefully you guys enjoy it because it took me, it took us, it took us a while to get it together. So, and without further ado, we can start into that. So our number five is our Aladdin versus Aladdin episode where, and that one was really fun where, and I don't think John was like a full member yet. I think it was no, just was a, a guest on that I think one. It was a guest episode, but we did, we did Super Nintendo Aladdin versus Genesis Aladdin. And that one was really fun. That was episode was 79. 79. And this is, uh, this is like the beginning of it. So I'm going to play it right here and you guys can listen to it and we can react to it. So here we go. Yeah. I'm going to let you guys defend, uh, the different Aladdins, the Super Nintendo or the Genesis Aladdin. And I'm kind of just going to judge because I don't really, I don't, I haven't really played. I mean, I played a little bit of both of them, but I mean, I'm not really mm-hmm. partial to one or the other. So you guys just, you know, state your cases about the games and, uh, you just try to convince me, uh, that one is better than the other. And I guess we'll decide like that. <laughs> it's a, there'll be a, maybe we'll do a new, new series of versus stuff and we can do other, you know, stuff in the future of like one version versus another version Lies. and all that. That's so cool. we like first one like that. So, uh, do you, who wants yeah. to start off? With their defense well, on the game. The for- is this like an official debate format? Like, do we have a one-minute opening argument? And then <laughs> do like the rebuttal? I mean, we could. <laughs> I mean, I, don't, I was never on the debate team, so I don't know. I figured I you guys would just would just kind of talk back and forth and try to convince me that one is better than the other. You know, is how I figured it. Uh, but, if, yeah, if you want to do that here, I'll give you, you – you, take a minute. Starting in uh, five seconds. Four, three, Who's two, going now? Who's going one. First? John. Oh, me. Okay. Uh, Aladdin. Uh, on the Genesis. That's what I'm all about. Okay, so I bought Aladdin on the Genesis when I was in fifth grade. I want to say this was like 1993. And it was actually one of my main reasons for buying a Genesis over a Super Nintendo. Now, that's a mistake we can talk about another day. But <laughs> uh, Genesis... You know, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons that I bought it. Um, I remember playing it at my friend's house, and I thought, wow, it looks like almost like the cartoon. The graphics were just amazing on this game. Um, I needed to play more, right? I don't, I don't regret buying that game. That game was amazing. Um, I still think it's one of the best games on the Genesis for a couple of reasons. One is uh, the graphics and the animation are some of the best of the 16-bit era. You got 10 seconds. Right? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, I'll, I'll leave it at that then. I think it's one of the best games of, of on the Genesis, and I'll get back to the other stuff later. All right, there's your there's your one minute. Uh, <laughs> that's one minute okay. for that. Um, do you have a do you have a response to that, Jeremy? Give me give your one minute on the Super Nintendo one. I'm gonna count you down. Uh, five, four, three, two, one, go. All right. Well, Aladdin on the Super Nintendo is the one I've played. Um, I got it. I don't. I didn't buy the system for it. I actually think that my parents just got this for us. Um, sometime after the movie was released, we we bought this game used. But yeah, I thought I liked it. I think it looks really cool. Like you've got the monkey chasing you around. Like I thought that was a nice detail. And he does funny little things the whole time. And um, he's got a bunch of different animations for d- depending on what you're doing. So that's really cool. Um, the music's good. Uh, the genie pops up a lot and hit the way he's animated is great so i just love the animation and i love uh 
the bright colors and the uh, and it, for the most part, it sticks to the canon of the movie. But there are a few parts where it goes a little off the rails. But this game was made by Capcom, so think about those sprites in Street Fighter Two and how detailed they are. That's the way these characters are. A little smaller, but very well detailed. That's that was a minute. Uh, so let's. I mean, let's say like, is, isn't the real reason that the Genesis one is better is that he has a sword? All right, that's 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 the end of that one. That, that I, I have put a on rebuttal. There. I have a rebuttal. <laughs> yeah. Double Jeopardy. Putting it all to bed. In the recent re-release, the Super Nintendo version was not included. It's true. Well, I, that was because probably because of copyright or something, right? Like maybe not included. Out. Yeah, not included. Probably because of quality. <laughs> yeah. One thing we got into was the fact that uh, the the version that was made for the Genesis was by Virgin. And they had tell me, they tell like me. a subsidiary of Disney or something like that. So Disney allowed them to use their assets directly and they didn't have to create their own sprites. So they did end up with better sprites in the Genesis version. And, well, and in this episode, I had never played the Genesis or if I had, I'd played it once or twice and since I, since I've purchased the game and it's pretty cool, but I still like the SNES one better. Well, well funny thing about this episode, spoilers, but I did end up, uh, I, I went in favor of the Genesis one for I don't know what reason. And I did buy both of the games and play them. And I think the Capcom one's much better on Super Nintendo now, now that I played through them. But based on, but based on your arguments, I picked the Genesis one. But after playing them on, on my own, I think that the Super Nintendo one is better. I was a little, I was a little flaky with my defense. I feel like I, you were trying to but play once I researched it. I was, I was, yeah, seeing the devil, devil's advocate side of it. But the other cool thing, and I don't know if we mentioned it in the episode, but I don't know if it's cool, but Virgin's also the company that made the Game Boy color version of this game. And it's the same game as the Genesis version or yeah. an adaptation. Of so it. you could get, yeah, you could get like a worse version of it on Game Boy right. if, if you were just a, I'm, just a Nintendo owner. I have, I've played an NES version of it before too, which I think. That came out. I think you're right. In, in, also, in Europe, I played right. the version on the emulator. Yeah. yeah. And uh, one one thing personally for me, like uh, from editing this episode, one thing I really liked about it is I don't know if you've noticed, but it, it wasn't as edit as edited as a lot of them because I actually kept it to the time limit. Like I wanted it to be an actual minute, so I don't cut any of the ums or any of the like awkward pauses because I actually wanted to keep it within the within the game that we were playing there. So we never have any ums or awkward pauses. What are you talking about? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I won't get that one because it's in this conversation. But but no, that was fun for me. Like editing it, it was something new. I was like, well, since I'm saying this is a minute of time, I'm not going to touch this minute of time. I'm going to leave it exactly how it is, so it still equates to the time that you say. And that was cool for me, you know, for editing wise. So that was something that that always made me think of it. I was like, oh yeah, that was fun. That was a fun thing that we did that I said we'd do more of, and then we never did. But uh, we, got, we should we should go back to it because yeah. I, I really like. I still want to we do engaged in the conversation, like yeah, in a more like charged way because yeah. we were doing this sort of thought. I don't know if you call it a thought experiment, but it was still like a fun. What I what I wanted to do, sort of and I mentioned this before, and it, this would probably be an X Pack episode, but I always wanted to do a uh, Super Castlevania versus uh, Castlevania Bloodlines. On Genesis. Oh yeah, that's right along the same lines. Sure. Yeah, because I because I I love Super Castlevania, but I really love Bloodlines too, and I would I would be willing to fight like the way I saw it playing out 
would be that Jeremy would fight for Castlevania, Super Castlevania on Super Nintendo, and I would fight for Castlevania Bloodlines on Genesis. And then John, the and John would be judged because you haven't played the Castlevanias. And I love both of them, but I, I will totally defend Bloodlines. I think Bloodlines is really, really good and super underrated. Like I wish Are you doing this right now? <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. I'm grown to I would go to the bat for I would go to the bat for Bloodlines because I think it's really fucking good. And I played through both of them recently mm. on the Castlevania collection. And I think Bloodlines, you know what? I think I think I could make a good case for Bloodlines against Super Castlevania. That that has no no nostalgia, none of that. I'm talking about games, the game that first games here. Symphony yeah. of the Night, like you literally play the end of it at the beginning of Symphony of the Night is kind of. Oh no, that's a. Uh, I thought that was um. That the, was no, the that was uh, Dracula X. It wasn't Rondo. It was Rondo. Rondo of Blood was the. It was the beginning of Symphony of Night. I'm pretty sure it was Bloodlines. Because it wasn't the. Because that Belmont. No, it was it was Rondo of Blood. That you okay. played at the beginning. I thought of the I night. remember it saying bloodlines in the actual. It might, it might have said it. It might have said it in the in the text, but the character mm-hmm. that you see, like the sprite, is the sprite from Rondo of Blood. Like that okay. Belmont is the well, Belmont that that's game. that's at the beginning of Symphony of the Night. Wait, is that on Castlevania Collection? No, Rondo? it's it's not. Rondo's not. I have it on my Wii. My Wii yeah, style. I have it on Wii. It's also available on the uh, PlayStation on the uh, Turbo Graphics sixteen Mini. Which I would have bought if it wasn't a pandemic. If I was still like working regularly, I would have totally bought that thing, the hundred dollar mini one that had like all the games on it. Like I was super psyched about that, but I can't go throwing a hundred dollars to a mini that's just like kind of a, you know, it's definitely like a, it's not an essential item to me. You know, I'm like I can't spend a hundred dollars on that. But it was, I thought it was really cool because they put like practically every Turbo Graphics 16 game on there, uh, Japanese and English, and I think Rondo is only in Japanese, but you don't really need to know. But that main that Belmont, I can't remember his name, but that's the guy that's in the beginning of Symphony of Night. I know that enough because I did play the beginning, and I was like, "Oh yeah, there he is from Rondo of Blood." Or as I played Dracula X on Super Nintendo, which is the less lesser version of it, but still, I remember that sprite. But that's a side thing. <laughs> we need we need to move on here with these. But uh, the next one in this is a uh, is the the N- N- Nintendo Switch event that Jeremy and I went to. Which was really cool that like we actually got chosen by Nintendo. They actually sent me an email, and I was able to go to something in Chicago, you know, in uh in the Fulton District, and we went down there and uh, listened to us describe it here, and we'll we'll talk about it once uh, once we hear it. We Holy were... shit, we're back! Holy shit! So yeah, we spent three and a half hours doing some switching. So much switch. Yeah, so much switch. So tell me, what do you think? Uh, I mean, what did you think of it that, as, as a whole? It kind of felt like, uh, I kind of felt like we were at E3. So we have all this fucking shit, you know, we got big plastic splatoon squids hanging out and. Yeah, I felt like I was finally on the inside. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we walked, so it's, we went to this place in the, it's like warehouse district in Chicago on a uh, Fulton where they have a lot of nice restaurants and other random warehousey stuff. And, um, yeah, we we basically we took a we took a cab there. There was a uh, there's like curtains on the windows, you know, so you can't see anything. But you can see that there's like some lights going on. We get dropped off. We have to go like around the corner to the entrance. And as we're walking over there, I hear like five, four, three, two, one, ah, and I'm like, yeah, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, are they having some sort of presentation thing? What's going on? And we get in there, and it's just like there's a big like. 
There's a big stage area, you know, with a big projector that says, like, Switch on it. And there's, like, some different setup scenarios for playing Mario Kart, <laughs> which is kind of weird. Those um, are cool, I thought, though. Yeah. Yeah, the, well, there's, like, here's playing it on a plane. So there's, like, plane seats. And, and there's, like, a sure. window that's a TV that shows, like, the... Did you see that? That, like, the clouds? It shows that, like, clouds are passing you to make you feel like you're flying? No, I didn't see that. Yeah, it had, like, animated windows. Kind of like the Harry Potter stuff, I guess. Or what I would imagine it would be like in uh, Universal Studios. Which I haven't been there, but I've heard. But yeah, there's, yeah, you sit in these seats. We didn't get to do that one, unfortunately. But we did do, we did the, um, the, the fake living room battle mode of Mario Kart. Yeah. Big cushy chairs. We did the uh, Mario Kart Diner, where we play four-player all on separate Switches. That was kind of cool. And the guy lied to us and said we could buy milkshakes. Yeah. <laughs> he said you could buy milkshakes, and I was like, I'll take one. And he's like, oh, well, no, you can't actually have one. And they had like, a, bl- ah. a blue shell milkshake that looked really good. What was it? The spiny, They had the spin- spiny shell hamburger. hamburger. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah, because I told one guy, I was like, yeah, that's the hamburger that takes a bite out of you. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But yeah, I was talking to, I was trying to talk to some of the people that were there. To see, like, where they had come from, like, if they were traveling with Nintendo or if, like, you know, they just did events in Chicago. I guess the guy that we talked to that was by the diner, he said that he would just did he just did events. Which I figured they got, like, sort of, like, production assistant type people who, like, build, you know, build the set, take it down, all that. Like, and they probably show them the ropes, like, on Wednesday, just show them around and be like, hey, this is this, this is this, you know, because they seem, like, somewhat knowledgeable. Yeah, they really did. On what was going on, so I'm sure they really filled them in because they want you to know. And it looked like they were having a good time, too. Like, everybody was dancing and all that when we left, so it seemed like a good time. There were a lot of people were dancing, like, when, uh, because we went towards the stage at the very end, like, the guy, the main host guy, he kept doing, like, there were, like, little competitions. Like, like I saw there was an arms competition, and there was some Mario Kart stuff, which I really wish I could have got in that. Even though the demos that they had there did not have Mr. Scooty, who is, which is like my favorite, my favorite, um, vehicle to use. So I was not as good as I could have been, but I, but I did end up winning the, the, uh, battle. But we're gonna, we took a lot of videos, like all the people there did a lot of videos for us. And we're gonna put that on our YouTube channel, on, uh, YouTube slash Fingmater. So you can see that <laughs> later, but yeah, what do you wanna, what do you wanna talk about first? There were like 14 different games that we played, like, so. How do you want to cover it? Like, do you want to start off? Like, what was your favorite? Like, what was uh, what was your least favorite? Like, I, I cut it off there because uh, we we go on for you know I, if I kept going it'd be like thirty minutes. But uh, yeah, this is a I thought this was a good like moment of that episode because it just kind of describes like what we saw like when we first went mm-hmm. in there, and it was really cool because yeah, this was a system that we had heard about and we've never actually seen it. I remember. When we first got there, we like drop. We wanted to drop the switch into the dock and take it back out and see if it's really as quick as they say it is, you know. And not to mention, you know, of the people that work there, uh, Janae Benet. Like we met her yep. the first time before we actually knew her. We didn't even know that. We yeah, and then we found out right. later. We, we figured did it on the show, right? But yeah, no, uh, yeah. That's when we, we met Janae Benet before we knew her, and then we had her on our show later, and we realized that she was the one showing uh, Half Brain Heroes or Has Been Heroes. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Though. I like it. That's one yeah. of my favorite. Moments on the podcast too. I yeah. guess that should have been in my. That that was that was another one, but yeah, no, it's a, it, it was really cool, and yeah, we actually got to we get to play Zelda for the first time. It was a time thing, but I remember that being a huge thing, and of it course was. playing like Puyo Puyo Tetris and Sonic Mania and yeah Mario Mario Kart Eight. Even though I'd, we'd all both already played it, but it was still like, oh hey, this is here. It is portable, and yeah, and I remember playing like Fast RMX and and. 
speaking of, it's funny they give our old, this is before we actually were able to make our own YouTube page because it was originally called Thing Mater when I started the YouTube channel way back in like 2002 or whenever when I was at Columbia. It's actually uh, youtube.com slash Nintendo Main Podcast, but you can find, if you can find those videos from that event, I still think the one where we play 1-2 Switch and we play the milking game is pretty mm-hmm. hilarious. I do too. I watched that recently. Yeah, I remember just really funny. I remember just like falling on the floor laughing at that one, just because it's so hilarious. Because it's just <laughs> us staring at each other and like doing this like <laughs> jerking like the whatever. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. But yeah, no, all of our videos are still on there. And what was it? We got the it was like Bomberman or there was like some really weird one that we got a shit ton of views for, and I don't know why. But yeah, uh, Bomberman was the one for the longest time. Was it Bomberman? Was like the big was like our big view one. Yeah. Yeah. But it was so one thing. Yeah, one thing I remember, like really liking about this uh, this episode. I listened to the full episode because I knew this was definitely gonna be one I chose. And uh, while we were playing Zelda, I remember like you and I were just kind of like we had different strategies, sort of because we sort. All right, so backing <laughs> up for a second, one of the coolest things about this episode and why it's one of my favorite is because we start the episode out like. We've never played Switch. What are we? What do we expect? What's it going to be like? Oh That's yeah, there's a pre, there's a pre thing, right? Where it's yeah. like we talk about what we, and yeah. then we like you know a little song plays, and they're like, "Holy shit!" Which is the beginning of this clip where we're yeah. like, "Oh god, we just played." That's literally the moment that we, Trey and I, reflecting upon playing the Switch for the first time on the podcast. So. And and you were here, you were in Chicago too, so was, we, yeah, we were, we were recording it in the same room, which is something that used to be a really cool thing to do when we had we could actually <laughs> yeah when we could actually visit people it was always awesome when we could actually be in the same room and have that energy and all that stuff you know but i remember were you still calling in on the phone at that time normally yeah i think so, so. it was pretty I cool might, to hear you live and in person to, yeah i may have upgraded to the actual microphone by then to be honest i think i, I think i had like a similar setup to now by then um not the dual screens and all that but but yeah, I really thought it was cool that uh, we were we were playing Zelda, which was like the, which was just like a dream. I felt like I was like a little kid again. Like I know that's kind of a cliche thing to say, but I felt like I was a child standing there playing Zelda for the first time. I felt like it was the first time I played Mario sixty four at Blockbuster. Like it's just a very special moment for the me. magic. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like part of me now. Like it's part of my like memories that I look upon fondly on a regular basis is playing that breath of the wild demo. And you were standing right next to me, you know, my best friend stand there with me and we're playing this. And we each have like, I think every two people had their own rep. So, and that person kind of would like laugh at your jokes and stuff. So like we were kind of making jokes back and forth (laughs) and trying to make our rep laugh. And like, she kept like criticizing me for like jumping off of high areas and stuff and taking damage. I'm like, I'm just trying to be fast. And then at one point you are like throwing your sword at the, the old man trying to kill him or a sword yeah. he found. I, think we, I was like, that's elder abuse. And we were trying to, yeah, we, we were like trying to start fires and stuff too. I think there's a little bit uh-huh. of that. Cause I because, think I, oh yeah, because in the opening of the show, I'm like, we were like, what do we want to do? And one of the things I wanted to do was try to like make a weird fire because that was the thing they were showing off in a lot of the, the E3 demo. Yeah. Cause we had, we had done, cause I think what was it the year before that? Like before the switch was the thing they did a whole, didn't they do like a whole Zelda thing based around Breath of the Wild when it was still supposed to be a Wii U game? And and yeah. there was people found stuff like that, and then it ended up being I remember it being announced like as it was gonna be both systems and all that, but I th- I thought that they that we had we had, had some information about it. We did. Uh there was the, an E three yeah. demo in twenty sixteen yeah. where people actually got to play it and it mm-hmm. was the the main game that Nintendo showcased that year. 
but it was still being marketed. I'm pretty sure at that point it was still being marketed as a just a Wii U game because they hadn't even announced the Switch yet. But yeah, that was a magic moment, and uh, and uh, yeah, like you already mentioned, meeting Janae there, not even knowing it, and then thinking about how big this world is and how huge yeah. Chicago is, and it's just so cool. But uh, and Janae's like Janae's like big shit now. She's been uh, she's been like playing games that aren't out yet, doing like big streams and stuff. And I I've, I mean I, I tried to like. I mean, I don't know what how much I could do for it, but she was like trying to try out to be on G four and stuff like that. And I reposted all of her stuff on Twitter, and you know, she's 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 uh, doing great things. You know, so we were hopeful. We were talking before, you know, we went to the event. We were like, we think that when you have an account, it's going to be tied to any switch thing you might get, which is yeah. the case. Um, so we were wrong about that, but. uh I was going to say, yeah, uh, another thing that I noticed as a, as a blunder in that episode is we were like, we didn't experience HD rumble anywhere, but in one, two switch, but it actually was in Mario Kart eight. We just didn't realize it. Oh yeah. The coins like, the and sound stuff. that it makes. Yeah. It was too loud though. We, we wouldn't have been able to hear mm-hmm. it. Like just that there's too much going on. Like, you know, it's like, it was like an arcade, but like louder. And at one point you say the switch is the size of an iPhone six plus with two, dis- two Pez dispensers on either side. <laughs> and that is incredibly accurate. That's a good. That's a good description. Know. Yeah. But I think yeah. more than anything, I was just mostly like looking back on that moment. Like we had no idea what to expect from Zelda. Well, we did kind of know a little better than before because we had seen the E3 demo. But we were like super intimidated by this like 20 minute demo they were letting us play. And it's just funny to look back on that now and be like, how many times have I like restarted Breath of the Wild just to like get through that opening segment and I'd try to like power through it. Cause I've done it at least three or four times just to be like, how quick can I get off the plateau? Oh, and, sure. Uh, we, we didn't even play long enough to get off the plateau, but it's just crazy to think back to that moment. Like not knowing anything about this game, being so intimidated by how huge and grandiose it is. And like, I don't know. I just love that. We have this little snapshot in history in this episode to be like at, at some point in history, people hadn't played breath of the wild yet. It was new. Yeah. It was fresh. Sure, yeah. And, uh, uh, and it's the, still one of the best games I've played in the last decade, if not the best game I've played in the last decade. My uh, my roommate Conan, he actually he texted me and he was like, uh, he asked me if I wanted to sell my physical version of Breath of the Wild because he's finally finally broke his Switch out and he's actually playing it now. He got out of, he got out of C and Super Mario Brothers U and he's been playing those. And he's like, hey, do you want to sell me uh He's like, do you want to sell me Breath of the Wild for forty five dollars? Because I'm going to get it. You know, otherwise I'll buy it elsewhere for forty five bucks. And I'm like, I'm like, I just couldn't. I was like, I, I can't. I can't part with it. I'm sorry. Even though I guess I could, if I really wanted to, I could sell the physical and then buy it digitally for forty, and then I make five dollars. But mm. I don't know. I just didn't. Yeah. And I, I and then after the fact, I was like, hey, you can buy it digitally for forty. But it's still it's still a game that you know means something and all that. And that was our first. <laughs> recorded first impression of it and all that in the episode um also that we already knew about the the dlc and so in the episode i was like uh well because the the dlc was eight bucks and i was like well or no wait the dlc was 20 wait was it did we know about the dlc before before we had actually they had already announced the dlc okay yeah no i I don't know i'm just asking i don't remember the dates on the dlc but i was like at the time i was like Amazon was still giving you a 20% discount if you bought a game on release day. Mm-hmm. So I got, I was like, well, I'm paying 48 for it for breath of the wild instead of 60. 
So I'm actually getting the DLC for only $8 because $8 more than 60, 68. That's the extra 20. And, uh, and so I remember like I, I was listening to this episode the other night. I was just laughing my ass off. Cause I remembered, Oh no, I ended up buying the Wii U version also. And it's still sealed on my game shelf. So <laughs> I spent a hundred and, uh, $56 on this game. Oh, the Breath of the Wild? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because I did the other way. I was I was trying to like I was trying to right the wrongs of uh, of Twilight Princess. You know, where I always felt like I should have gotten the GameCube version and not the Wii version because the GameCube version is superior. I did both. From the two of them. And I know, remember, Jeremy, you, you had the GameCube one and I got the Wii one because I wanted it to be a part of the new system and all that. But I always regretted it because I was like, it would have been better on GameCube. Plus, Link became right-handed all of a sudden, and I felt like I was betrayed because I'm left-handed. And I was like, "You, Link, you were always left-handed. Why did, you're leaving?" That's me the here. only version I've ever beaten. Yeah, I've only beaten that game on because I have it on this uh, on the Wii U, but I only ever beat it on the GameCube. You didn't beat the Wii U one. I didn't beat it on the Wii U mm-hmm. either. I got I got mm-hmm. to the very end, and I don't know why I stopped playing I've never it because I it on the Switch because I on, uh, Wii either because I played the shit out of the remastered version on Wii U. And I loved it. Like I played it, played it in bed on the on the Wii U on the on the Wii U remote and all that. And and I don't know why I just stopped at the end. Maybe I, I thought I was going to go find all the ghosts or something, and I just didn't come back to it. But I was like, I thought about trying to do a stream thing where it's like I'm just going to try to beat all these bosses that I never got to for all these various games. I guess that could be a beat of the week because I still got it here. I got my Wii U still hooked up over here. But another I didn't thing, beat I that game until 2015, the Wii, the original Wii version. Well, you still you yeah. still got to beat Breath of the Wild. I think you I do. Just play it. That's right. Just go. Just go do it, man. Like you, you don't need all the extra shit. Just go. It's about just, turn four. Just go to uh, go 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 to the dude. Go to Ganondorf. Tell him what. Tell him what for. Just just go there. And if and at if, this point, I would go back and try to complete it, though. I'm surprised. It would not be satisfactory to just go in and like after all these years and just beat Ganon. You know, I would want to well, you might, play the game for a bit. <laughs> And therefore, like, finish all the other stuff, then begin. Well, you might need a little practice, too, because you haven't played it in a while. Like, I don't think right. you can go straight into the Ganon thing and expect to be able to do well, because you might have forgot some of the game. But I'm surprised, like, because you were so, like, into the into the Hyrule Warriors thing, and maybe that bringing back your love of Breath of the Wild, I figured you'd jump back into the other one, because that one's free. You don't got to pay 60 bucks for it, you know? You can just... It's like, oh, you're excited about Breath of the Wild. It's like, what? Just put Breath of the Wild back in. You never finished it. <laughs> you could play yeah. some more. I do have the DLC too, because Jesse got it for me. Yeah, uh, and the DLC a year or so the ago. DLC is great. So I mean it's worth playing it. It's worth beating it, and then I think it's worth getting the DLC before you've actually completed all the game. Because it's fun to ride around on the motorcycle to all these different places and that type of thing. So yeah. It's great. Play it. One thing I said that kind of got lost in, in time that I just mentioned it offhandedly in the episode. <laughs> Was that the do- the dock of the switch at the time reminded me of the AC adapter for the Virtual Boy, and I totally forgot about that. Like, and it's totally true. It's like this weird plastic clampy it. thing yeah. that you put around, literally around an SNES uh, AC adapter, and then that's what would slide onto the back of your Virtual Boy controller and mm-hmm. be your AC adapter. And the dock oh, right. is so much the same thing. Really. Oh, weird. I don't remember. Well, I don't remember it for the. I must have had it because I. Well, no, I don't think. No, I never had an adapter for the for the Virtual Boy. I I, I played it with the batteries the whole time, right? Because it uses regular batteries, right? Mm, it uses like you, you don't you don't charge it. I want to say, yeah, 
Yeah, so I, I didn't even know about that. When when you said I don't talk about it, I think. <laughs> when you said it was lost to time, I thought you were going to go all Blade Runner on me and talk about like tears and rain and stuff. That's no. what triggered in my mind. You were that you became a rep- the replicant right there. But let's let's move on to the next thing. And this is a Patreon episode. This was actually our first Patreon episode. And it was something that, you know, Jeremy and I did together. It was a live show that we did at the Beat Kitchen. It was our first Beat Kitchen. First of two live performances that we did back when live was a thing. But it was cool. It was fun. We you know, there was a bar there, so we were able to get a little bit loose before we did it. But yeah, give it a listen. They Here even had a uh they had a green room for us. Oh yeah, we had a green room. And like free beer too, right? Did yeah, we have PBRs and stuff? Thing yeah. full of PBRs. Yeah, we felt like rock stars, and Thanks. I felt I felt cool finally to Jeremy because you know you're like in, in a band and did shows and stuff, and you're like I always want to play at the Beat Kitchen. And I'm I like, did. I've always wanted I'm to like, get a show at the Beat Kitchen. I'm like, I got you a show at the Beat Kitchen you for did. the podcast, so I felt like relevant now because I not I can't play any instruments, you know. So I'm like, I'm like, but I got you there in another thing that's not a band, and we had a show at the Beat Kitchen and. Here's a fucking green room and some PBRs. Eat it. Uh, drink it, I mean. Uh. It was amazing, man. Yeah. Anyway, let's yeah. Let's take a listen. Something very special to me. Uh, in, in August of 2002, a little game came out called Urban Yeti. Anybody heard of that game? No? All right. There, so there was a... Uh, so there's this game that came out recently called... Uh, What's it called? Ape Out? Ape Out, yeah. It's a, yeah, it's a Nintendo and, Switch game. So this game came out recently, and it brought back memories of what I have written here is a shitty ape GTA, <laughs> which is pretty much how I would describe... Original GTA, yeah. <laughs> which is how I would describe uh, Urban Yeti. Um, so basically, Urban Yeti is a top-down view, three to kind of pseudo-3D uh, Game Boy Advance game, and uh, you're a Yeti. And it's sort of like you think of a fish out of water story. This is kind of like a Yeti out of the mountain story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so he's no in a snow. city. He wants to get laid, but there's no other Yetis around. So he's he's just kind of wandering around. <laughs> that, and that's, then he really, hears, that's really the story. He didn't, it really he, is. He's not trying to be funny. No, seriously. He's trying to meet a female <laughs> Yeti. You should see the – I mean, Jeremy put it on his Twitter, but you should see the cutscenes of this. It's hilarious. Like just – yeah, actually, I have it. If anybody wants to see it, I brought it with me just in case anyone. Yeah, if wants you to hang out it. with us later, you can play it if you want. But uh, so anyway, this game, this game, uh, you you you're in a city. It doesn't really describe why, other than you know he's looking to uh, find a mate. So you're in the city for not very long, and you hear the scream of a female yeti, the unidentifiable scream, or the identifiable scream, unmistakable. It's a mating go. call, right? Right, or <laughs> maybe she like. You know, burned her neck while she was using a straightening iron. But either way, she's she's screaming, and uh, so that's it. So you go towards the scream, and immediately you get to a guy who says, "Oh, you can't pass here. There's a toll. You have to get a job." <laughs> yeah, you do. That, that's a big twist at the beginning. So you have to have the, a job. the very first mission in the game is you have to find a newspaper that's blowing around the map because it has job listings in it. You find a job. It can be either chicken farmer or a soup kitchen manager. The soup kitchen one is my favorite because Yetis are very hairy, and that's that soup's going to be filled with all sorts of weird right. hair. Also, <laughs> I think with the chickens, he like, isn't he just going to eat all of them? But no, he's he's responsible. He sorts them correctly in their are chickens crates. are chickens urban? I mean, we have an urban rooster. Uh, at, I think at our chickens apartment. are officially urban. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, you have to get a job. You have to get the money. To get the khakis to impress the lady or whatever it is that it takes, but uh, that's the whole that's the whole game. And uh, I, at the beginning, I said uh, 
listen to me when I'm talking to you, boy. That's actually the first thing you hear when you boot up the game. Uh, whoever, uh, in case you weren't paying attention, I think when you it's Telegames. Like, hey, yeah, here. it's Telegames <laughs> that published it. Cave Barn Studios was the developer. I don't know who. Are they still Cave together? <laughs> I, think I don't think took them so. under, right? I don't think that they, they. I think they had listening issues. I think you were the only one that bought uh, Urban Yeti. I think. And that's uh, th- that's that clip right there. Had to go with the Urban Yeti one because it's yeah. Got the most laughs, but yeah, no. I like uh, the those laughs. I do believe are the Smashing Theory guys. Oh, probably yeah. Who we met at that event and have been like, they're some of my favorite people that we've met through this whole podcasting. Yeah, we yeah, journey we, that we've been on, man. Those guys cracked me up. Yeah, and it was great because it was it kind of reminded me of like having a small band that nobody heard of because it was kind of like doing a convention or like it was like doing a what what do you call it? Like it's like doing a outdoor show or something like doing doing like Festival. riot doing like riot fest but like nobody's there and it's like, like one of those basement yeah. shows where everyone in the audience is the other bands yeah that's basically how it was like well it was the people yeah it was the people in their pot it was all the podcasts and friends of the podcast but mm. we still had an audience because there were so many podcasts performing uh-huh. it was kind of like it was cool and yeah we met they're uh, extremely diverse like podcast types like man it was so that was such a great experience yeah, we we met Smashing Theory. We also met um, the backsta- backstage, backstage gaming. They were there as well, and yeah, it was cool to have a couple couple gaming people there. And we got to see some live Foley work. That was really cool. Oh yeah, that, that was they were they were phenomenal. That like, was just, dope. Uh, once they came on, once the Foley people came on, I'm like we're I'm like we're nothing, man. We're like fucking trash because they're like. Well, I'm glad they <laughs> we didn't have to go after Cause them because they're like they're like screaming into a trash can, they're like make it echo, and I'm like I like I can't I can't. And this lady's like. <laughs> yeah. Cutting cabbage as yeah. <laughs> stabbing someone. Yeah, they got like the wood block and like making the mm-hmm. footsteps and stuff. And I'm like, fuck, these guys are way out of our league, big time. Like, why are they even here? They should be doing a paid show somewhere, you know. And this one was a paid one too, but it's just kind of that's like, one of know. the coolest. Yeah, one of the coolest live shows I saw. There was yeah. also a couple of like you know live D and D, which I love that stuff too. Like, yeah, that was fun. Seeing too. it live was especially cool. With the one of them had like a giant dot like D twenty there rolling. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. No, yeah, that that was a fun one because it was like, oh yeah, we made it kind of, you know, just because I met some people who wanted to do a live show and we were able to do it, and yeah, and it was like it was cool, you know, and I felt like, yeah, even though most most of the audience was people from other podcasts, it was we still filled up like half the chairs were filled and we were all kind of there for each other and it was fun, yeah, we got to talk to a lot of people and yeah, people thought we were funny, <laughs> it was it was it was nice, and we had I feel like we had like just the right amount of liquor where it's like. We're a little bit loose, but not too mm-hmm. like not too slurry, you know, and all that. So they had a restaurant attached, so we could get some pizza. Yeah, we got food after because they had a rest. Yeah, they had a restaurant in the front there. And Beef Kitchen was a place I went to see Proto Men there. You know, it's like a legendary mm-hmm. place that I'd been to to see many various bands. And Beef cool. Kitchen is such an iconic like uh, place. It's almost like not quite at the level of the Fireside, but it's just one of those places where you want to yeah. play in Chicago. And mm-hmm. uh, there's literally a band called. Beat Kitchen, you know, that's named after the the mm-hmm. venue. So, for me, I was where is like, it? Dang. I've never been there before. Uh, it's it's on Lincoln Avenue, right? It's like kind of sort of Lincoln Park ish, but not as far east. Mm-hmm. It's kind of in a weird location. It's like not really by. It's not really it's not really by any like trains or anything. So it's like kind of hard to get to if you're not if you don't have a car. But I think it's I want to say it's on Lincoln Avenue, more closer to, uh, or no, maybe it's Belmont. It's 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 closer to Sounds like Belmont it's thing. Close, it's closer to Western, like it's more it's more on the west side. Yeah, Belmont. It's West Belmont. So it's kind of like 
but it's not like Wrigleyville. It's like way west of there. So it's kind of in a weird area where there, like I said, there's not really any trains that go by there. It's Bricktown is the, is the actual, is the actual neighborhood that it's in by West Lakeview. But yeah, it's probably the biggest, the biggest intersection that it's next is Western and Belmont. So it's like around there by right, right around where the Toys R Us used to be. Like the Toys R Us I used to go to, which is a, which is like a furniture place now, unfortunately. But there, there was a Toys R Us right there on Western. I went over there. I bought Smash Brothers for Wii U there. Uh, I went there when Jess and I went there when the uh, when the Amiibo like first happened, and I felt so bad because I saw, was I saw Marth and I was like, eh, nobody's gonna buy him. And then Marth became super rare. Like same with the, uh, I think I saw uh, the uh, well, Wii Fit Trainer. Also, I didn't get, and I just had so much regrets because I got the long the wrong ones. You know, I got like. I went for like Link and you know Link and Samus and Star Fox and ones that you would see everywhere after that. You know, I was I should have went for the rare ones, the Fire Emblem and whatever that they had like none of. But yeah, a lot, a lot of good stories from that from that Toys R Us over there. But I'll, I'll I will always remember the time I finally played the Beat Kitchen. Yeah, and it was yeah. doing something I, I mean I love doing music, but I don't know. I feel like this podcast is more something that just makes. It just makes even more sense for me to be doing. Yeah, and you uh, you get to meet a lot of people. It's like all the people that we talked to at MGC, where they would remember us. You know, that mm-hmm. was, that was always really cool. Like I think it was like maybe the second one that we recorded, where like we talked to like we were doing the talking to the people who made the NES games, and mm-hmm. they were like, "Oh, we remember we remember you, Nintendo Main. Like you did all the shit last week. Or, like, you did all the mm-hmm. shit last year, and we remember you." And like I was like, "Oh, cool." We felt kind of like stars at MGC. It was fun that people like remembered us and all that shit. All right, the next one is our longest clip that we have, but it's it's important. It's it, it's good to be that long. But this was when we talked about well, we talked about Super Mario Brothers the movie, but we do this the twenty fifth anniversary. Yeah, the twenty fifth anniversary, mm-hmm. and this was around Christmas time too. It was one of our Christmas bonus episodes, episode one twenty two. But uh, we did yeah, we did this thing, and we we were like we thought it'd be fun to do like some extra stuff. That, uh, you know, like, what if Nintendo had some movies that didn't get off the ground? And there are actually, like, three or four that are really funny before this. But because it would it would end up being, like, 20 minutes if I covered all of it. But go back and listen to the episode. The stuff before is pretty funny. But this I, – I, I, I cut out just the big one here. And uh, let's give it a listen. Big news. Yeah? I've got the script for the trailer right here. Oh, you found it? I well, found let's, it. Well, let's hear it. I found it. Wow, man. You – sometimes you – Impress me how deep you dig, man. <laughs> I had to dig deep for this one. He's in California. Right this is a trailer for a Nintendo movie. He's in Los that Angeles. Was never made. There's just like leftover trailers hanging out all over the place. There, leftover trailers. Them. They're in every alley. Yeah. Just check, just check a dumpster, and you'll find a, a trailer for a movie <laughs> that was 25 years old. Buckle in for this one. All right, interior basement warehouse night. Bare knuckles smash against a face. Knocking teeth to the ground. Oh. A fighter comes on in voiceover. We lived for the fight. A crowd of sweaty, shirtless men surrounds two brawlers going head-to-head. Brothers in blood. Our passion was smashing heads. But urban living had no room (laughs) for our breed of champion. Nice. Police flood in and break up the fight. Outside the city, nighttime, the fighter stands beside his buddy. He leans over an edge, looking down on the city skyline. With a cigarette in his mouth, 
he struggles to ignite a lighter, flicking it to no avail. Cops are onto us. Underground fighting is dead. So we took up arms and we punched our way out. Way out. Fighter looks to his friend. He looks at the city skyline. He gets an idea. Who said the fight has to be underground? What do you mean? The fighter pulls a cord. A flame shoots down from above. Lighting the cigarette in his mouth, the camera pulls out to reveal they're in a hot air balloon. Fast food joint. Fighter and several other tough guys sit around a table. A fight in the sky. No man's land. No man's rules. Outside a grocery store parking lot, a mother walks away from a car with her kids. A man falls from the sky and crashes onto her car. She runs toward a nearby police officer. Officer! Officer! A man just... Another man falls and smashes onto the police officer. He's dead. She looks up to the sky and screams. Outside in the field, daytime, the fighter suits up with a parachute and a backpack. He lowers goggles over his <laughs> eyes. He pumps furiously on an air pump. And suddenly, two giant red balloons appear from his backpack. The balloons yank him up into the sky. He joins an airborne army of competitors. There are so many. It looks like a reverse D-Day invasion of combatants shooting up into the sky. Miles above the clouds, the fighter flaps his arms and charges at, a, at an enemy. He grabs him from behind and snaps his neck. Two enemies speed toward the fighter, and he deftly dodges out of the way. They collide and become wrapped in each other's cords. They are decapitated. A huge, muscle-bound enemy charges at the fighter, grabs a nearby bird. The fighter grabs a nearby bird. He hurls it straight through the guy's heart. Three enemies surround the fighter, close in on him. It's all over until the fighter kicks his heels together. Blades pop out of his shoes. He tornado kicks all of their balloons, sending them down to their deaths. The fighter wipes their blood from his eyes. My name is Brad Loon Man. I fight, I fly, you die. Lightning strikes through the clouds. Behind the fighter, the clouds turn blood red and form the title Balloon Fight. Wow. That, that, was, that, was, like, that was like the whole... A guy laughs at Brad. So, Brad, you think you got the balloons for this? Brad chuckles. Suddenly, he grabs the guy's beer from his hands, pumps an air pump. Out pop two balloons, he shoots up through the ceiling and escapes into the sky. Motherfucker! Guy 2 and his cronies inflate their balloons and follow him up into the clouds. Cut. The end. That was like the whole movie in trailer form. They, they, they used to make a lot longer trailers back then. <laughs> that's that's the end of that one. That's the most, uh, that's the longest one, but it was fun. I mean, it was fun, like, to do, and that was another one where I just let it play out. Like, I didn't edit any of it. I let John, because I felt like you had, like, a pacing to it, like a dramatic pacing, so. The pacing I, was one of the best parts. When, when I did the editing, I didn't, I didn't cut out any of the pauses or anything like that. I kind of just let it go. But I added like the background music to it, like that was the music was effective. Yeah, Streets of Rage was the right choice. Yeah, I did. Well, I did Streets of Rage, and then I changed it to Balloon Fight, which I thought was funny. Like once you that was funny, revealed yeah. what it was, we needed like the actual because that Balloon Fight soundtrack is pretty good. I mean, it's only like one song, but that one song is great. You know, so it, I I felt like it. Yeah, I felt like it just 
came in and helped carry the moment. So, you know, that, yeah, was-, that was a lot of fun to write and just try and get as many NES references in there and try to throw you guys off. Cause you, you guys hadn't heard it before. You know, I was reading it live um, in that moment and uh, I was trying to throw you guys off to think, Oh, maybe it's about punch out. Maybe it's about, Urban champion, um, you were like this. Urban is no, champion, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. You say you, you say like urban, there. you say urban citizens or something, but it's supposed to be like, yeah, you're supposed to hear like part of it, and then it goes a different way, and yeah. And I didn't expect it to go to balloon fight at the end, so yeah. And it's like, and it's, but there's a lot of it's stuff fantastic. I miss, like hearing it again, like throwing like birds into each other's chests, like <laughs> I don't remember that, or like, or like the 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 uh, strings from the balloons, like wrapping around the guy's head and like decapitating him and all that. I don't remember that either. It's pretty. You had to type in the blood code on Balloon Fight to get yeah. all that. You know. <laughs> it's pretty exciting. Yeah, that that was that was a fun one for sure. And our number one, this one was like unanimous. Like we didn't really have to talk that well, much about on, it. Well, hold on, real quick before we move yeah. on. Like there is, we do have a video of of that on our YouTube. So oh yeah, with some extra some extra special effects and stuff on there. And I think we did one. Then we do or no, you were doing it in. in there was one that you did with like that was inspired by like the old Super Mario Brothers Super Show that has like kind of like. All those weird, like, special effects. I don't know if it was that one or is it a different one. I remember Jeremy did. Maybe it was our Christmas one last year or something where we did the Super Mario one. But there's another one like that. But, yeah, it's uh, extra versions of it and stuff. And, yeah, it was fun to do. But this last one. Some funny little visuals in on there, too. So watch that video. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I had I had some fun with that one. But, but our final one, this one was unanimous. And this is one of those things where it was just like, it was just so dumb that I felt like I had reached, I'd reached the pinnacle. You know, I've seen all the stars, and what is there left? I don't, I don't remember that. I'm trying to remember that exact saying, but you know, it's like I have nothing more to look for because I've seen all the stars. So I've There's explored nothing all the world. new under the sun. Yeah, something like that. But, <laughs> but yeah, this one after I when I was recording, I was laughing like editing it, and I was like, "This is amazing." And similar with this one, I was like, "I'm not cutting any of this. I'm just going to let this be what it is." <laughs> And I'm, it's going to be ridiculous, and it's just going to be – I'm not cutting a second of it. It's just going to be like so dumb, but so amazing at the same time. And I felt like we had hit – we had like almost like hit the pinnacle. It's, it's like where the, where, mm-hmm. the, where, the, where the waves rolled back. You know, they went as high, and it's like some Hunter S. Thompson shit. But yeah. Like, we should uh, say, too, that during this process of trying to decide what was number one, this was like unanimous. Like, yeah, yeah. That – I think I wrote all... this down like three days ago. I put it that, yep. that was that was the obvious one that I always think of, just because, mm-hmm. like I said, it, I felt it was an achievement for me in editing where I didn't edit any of it, and I still think it was hilarious. And this whole episode is really funny. Like the first, like the twenty minutes leading up to this part, it's hysterical. So I listened to the whole thing. It's episode one hundred three. I'll put stuff in the description of where what the episodes are and all that, and people can find them. But, but yeah, this is uh, the breakfasting. So we talked about it a little bit before, but this is our official episode about it. So here we go. This is where we've actually gotten to the event of the cereal. So let's hear it. All right. This uh we gonna we gonna eat this uh this masterpiece of, of uh let's whatever. Do it. All right, here we go. All right, I got my milk, I got my milk right here. The milk is being poured. I'm gonna try not to hit the computer because that would ruin the whole thing. There you go. I just like I like to put a little bit of milk in there because uh even though I like I like milk a lot, I don't like uh Milk I can after smell cereal. Alright, so uh we haven't eaten food on the on the show since that one time that I ate an apple and got and got, everybody got pissed. <laughs> so this is so this is, so this is the first for Nintendo Main. 
So, uh, but we're doing this intentionally. So, you know, that was like our that was like our third episode or something. Are <laughs> you yeah. ready? Right. Three, two, Cheers. one. Time to taste. Mm. I need another spoon. First impression? I've had better. Kind of bland. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, the actual cereal part of it is kind of weird. Kind of tastes strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, that's not a good thing. Yeah, it's a little bland. The, the stars have a really strange taste to them. Stars do. You think? Hmm. Definitely got a. Uh, Kind of a generic vibe. Oh, good though. Well, like like most Nintendo themed food, it never lives up to the to the games that it's made about, you know. <laughs> and and there you go. <laughs> That's I just said it was just us eating at the breakfast one, and it's ridiculous and funny to me. Like it's, that was January of two thousand eighteen. So yeah, nearly three years ago when. Yeah, this is before. I think this is before mukbanging was a big thing and ASMR and all that. Like, we're 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 bringing you in the cutting edge experience of <laughs> Nintendo cereal. It was just what it, it was. It just like all the all the stars fell in place, and I'm like, I we're just we're just chewing, we're just chewing food <laughs> on this episode, and I'm not cutting any of it. And, and, I, and I just and I that was, I just loved it. I'm like, I'm not cutting any of this. I'm keeping all this chewing in here because it's fucking hilarious. And that's how I felt about that episode. I was just like, I was so into it. I was like, this is funny. This is one of the funniest things I've ever done, I think. I still have like 20 boxes of the cereal. I should have sent you guys some and we could have done an updated, like, what does it taste like now? Oh, really, that's a good idea, really stale. I, I still have, I mean, I still have an unopened box like right up here. Above, I have my, like six or seven on my boxes. shelf. It's just sitting up there unopened. But it was, I figured I'd keep it there till whenever, you know. I think definitely something worth mentioning is that put John it on my was the first one to find it. And he actually shipped it to both me and Trey yeah. for this episode. So mm. this was like... All that chewing and smacking and gulping you hear, that was like a very well-coordinated like thing. It was nothing. Yeah, that oh, effort yeah. Had to, that led up to that moment, and it's just so funny how absurd it is. <laughs> it all the led up to us just eating went. cereal on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we have, we have like this running, Yeah, we were talking about like the shapes and and the and the butt there's like a butt looking one in there and we couldn't tell mm-hmm. what it is and I talk about like burnt toast like some of it looks like burnt toast and we just like we're like analyzing the mushrooms in there and like what they or like the marshmallows and like what they mean and it's silly but it's funny like yeah, yeah and we talk about like fruity yummy mummy and kind of chocolate and all this shit like the beginning and the, <laughs> and the there's weird, a possibility the a video one. version of this may show up on our YouTube if I would the love the stars th- align properly. I have the video of it, but I don't have the audio. No. Oh, well, I mean, I can send. If you, you could it. send me the raw, uncut audio that you didn't edit, then it should be perfect. Because, or I could, I guess, I could download the episode itself. But yeah, I have to. It, it's gonna. It's on one of my external drives. I have to find it because I back them up at a certain point. What but. if I just sent you the video file on? 
because I, I just cut out the breakfasting part of it. I could just send that to you. Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, I mean, I, I don't know. I guess I could, yeah, I could try to figure out the, I was going to say time code, but it would be different because you have, I don't know. We'll, we'll think about it, but, or we'll what, think I mean, about it. It's going to be, or send it to me and I can maybe, if I have some time, I could take a look at it. But yeah, but thanks everybody. I mean, thanks everybody for listening to our top five moments. I thought this was a lot of fun. This is, yeah. it, it was nice to do something different for our show, you know, cause I don't want to, you know, we do, we, we we do. I thought we have a pretty good uh, outline and stuff that we that we do, but it's always fun to do different things. And you know, this is the 250th episode. And anybody who's listened that far, I would I would love for you to like just send us an email and let us think, let us know what you think, you know. And I would love to hear you know what people like about the show in any way, you know, that you would like. What like just, just email us and tell us what you like about the show and like what you yeah. tune on and tune in for and. Do you like this sort of clip retrospective? Is this something yeah. we should do again yeah, in the if, future? If, if you have ideas for changing things up, I'm definitely into that because, you know, it's always fun to to change things around. I feel like everybody talks about video game news in every podcast, and it was always—I mean, we had our personal video game experiences, which is much different than anything else. But and you know, anybody who's listened to us for this long and still stayed with the show, like we really appreciate it. And of course, really the, of course, the people who send us money every month, you know, we incredibly appreciate that as well on patreon.com slash Nintendo main podcast. And I hope you're enjoying the extra episodes that we put on there. We try to do what we can to try to, you know, give you a, give you a decent value for the, for the money that you send us. And we really appreciate the support and all that stuff. And, uh, yeah, this is just us telling everyone that we, you know, thank you for giving thank us you. the chance to just, you know, be silly and talk about games that we love yeah. and connect with other people who love games as well. And just kind of, you know, try to find something important, especially now, like this year, it was a major thing with 2020 to have something that makes you feel worthy, you know, because a lot of us don't have jobs. And for me, for a while, this is really all I had that made me feel better. So I'm just happy that some people actually listen to it, you know, and it's nice to have this, have this there as a, it was like a major ray of sunshine when you're not working anywhere right. else and you don't feel like you're really contributing at all. It's nice to have something like this where you, are contributing and it's like your own way to tell the world to fuck off or whatever because it's your show and you can say whatever you want but uh <laughs> but yeah it's been I think you think tell it. our guests too over the all these episodes like yes you guys have really elevated our show and yeah. by giving your time and and your thoughts and and you know we just appreciate you for coming on and, and helping to make our show even more unique so thank you and, and yeah, also thank and you so yeah. much and, and also with like 2020 being a time of of like a I don't know. It's 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 been a very it's been a very lonely year, you know, where you maybe you kind of try to mi- start to miss friends that maybe you didn't really miss, and I also try to do it a thing, make it a way to reconnect with people that you still think about but you haven't really talked to, you know. And that was another thing was just trying to get just trying to reach out to old friends through Nintendo games and stuff like that. So it's been a lot. I of think fun. one of the things for me that I appreciate the most about this podcast is the the friendship aspect. Like definitely, most of the guests we've had on, you know, like I feel like they're people that are friends with me because we have common interests and like, especially like repeat guests and right. And uh, the developers we've gotten to speak to and stuff. It's just, this podcast has just been a vehicle for like me personally, like kind of yep, along what Trey was saying, but the entire time of like, for one, getting closer to my friends, they were all my friends, John. I mean, I hadn't seen John for over 10 years. Right. When we finally started talking again because of this podcast. And like, this is a, this is a guy I consider one of my closest friends. And yeah, you, know, right back at you. 
yeah and like and then all these guests we've had and like it's really enriched my life being on this podcast so thank you everyone for making this possible i mean i'm extending my own thanks at this moment and uh we hope to do 250 more episodes i mean i don't i I don't want to stop i know it seems like a lot that we've done but it's also been it's been a lot of fun over the years and and once again one of the better best thing to kind of kind of jump off what jeremy was saying too is just like you know to me i appreciate everybody who listens to this but i do it largely because it's a great way to stay in touch with you guys yeah and um i would recommend that to to just about anybody like you're looking for a way to kind of reconnect with, with start, start a podcast, friends. Yeah. yeah, start a podcast. Got to talk once Think a about week what's at your, least. Yeah. Your mutual interests and just like say, hey, let's get together every Wednesday on Zoom, and you know we'll just shoot the shit. And it's just uh, one of the be- one of the best things going. I think is is to is to have a podcast and do that with your friends. I agree for sure. And uh, yeah, we'll be doing a lot more of this. You know. I'm, I've got ideas for next next year. Got some guests lined up and all that stuff. So, you know, be excited for the future of this. But yeah, this has been our episode 250. I don't think we can say anything else here to make this episode any better. But um, yeah, you know, you know where to find us. I'm sure if you're listening to this, nintendomainpodcast.com, uh, youtube.com slash nintendomainpodcast, twitch.tv slash nintendomainpodcast. Uh, I've, been, I've been a little off on the streaming, but I'm still trying to do uh, Tuesday nights, Thursday nights, Saturday nights late night and all that uh of course if you want to help out the show patreon.com slash nintendo main podcast you can hear the entirety of that live episode that we played and of course we have over 20 bonus episodes that are only available on there and you can hear everything 12 hours in advance minus commercials higher bit rate all that fun stuff so you can check that out and uh yeah um and you know check out my other show how is it now we we're having a lot of fun with that we just did the graduate one of my favorite movies of all time so listen to that it's a good one still but uh, yeah, this has been our show. We're we're your hosts. I'm Trey Johnson. I'm Jeremy Mikowski. John Nitter. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. See you. say to you um this is what i thought of we're gonna get we're gonna get we're gonna get real for a second we're gonna get really real uh my dad like died a couple weeks ago and this is what i wanted to tell my nieces about life they're like in their teenage years and basically what i wanted to tell them is like do whatever the fuck you want and don't give a shit about whatever the fuck anybody says to you because you know what they don't fucking matter 
you are the only one that matters, and do whatever the fuck you want until you fucking die. And that's what I wanted to tell them. And we're going to go out on that one. <laughs>